0: And we're back with Back Portion. I'm JP. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. And we're doing the top 25 movies from 2000 to 2009.
1: Means if it came out in 99 or 2010, you're out of luck.
0: So we've done, what have we done so far? We've done 2010. Are we talking
1: our recorded conversations or just our kind of psychotic three-hour backyard talks.
0: I guess that's Back true. I guess the, I guess just the ramblings are not canon.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's a good point. They're not part of the canon at all.
0: So we're just starting from basically scratch. Our first one was, uh, what, top 25? We of... did the
1: best movies since 2000, and we started, we did that, what, last year, early last year? This is like a yearly podcast we do whenever there's a national pandemic we've got a <laughs> quarantine for. And our basic goal today is to give you guys movie ideas for anybody that is just, you know, we're, we're, we're here for the people and the people demanded movie recommendations and we're here to rank them
0: for you. We have another 30 days of a national lockdown. What else? What better time to sit down and watch 25 fantastic movies? Obviously all from my list because Gabe and JP's are going to be awful.
1: <laughs> and for all 57 people out there that listened to our first episode, we heard your complaints that two and a half hours was too long. So we're going to go for about three hours this time, just to spite you. <laughs> all right. So Chris and I made our top 25 movies from the year 2000 through 2009. JP, for our best since 2010 podcast, you did not make a list. Did you make a list this time?
0: Yes. I made a list. It was top 10, but then like five minutes ago, I changed it to top 11 slash honorable mention. So So Gabe, this is...
1: That's top 12, right?
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Either or. 11 or honorable mention. Hey, you're
1: improving. You're on the way.
0: So Gabe, uh, so JP, as we're getting out of the car today, he goes, I'm a little worried. And I looked at him, I was like, well, why? like, it's going to be fine. We're just hanging out he was like i don't think i'm going to have seen many of these movies and then i it hit me these are the movies that i grew up with right as i'm like coming of age from 2000 to 2009 jp was like a little kid <laughs> a lot of these so yeah. these have yeah. all been i saw a lot of these in the theaters or like on literally going to blockbuster and yeah. running them and so jp has only seen them looking backwards
1: yeah, this was definitely of all... Even though we have only one list in our official canon, we've made quite a few. This is definitely the most difficult one to do. I feel pretty happy about my top five, but I have first whittled it down to about 70 or 80, then to about 40. And six through 40 is almost interchangeable. Like, it's it's tough. It's very tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Same uh, same with mine. I, I literally... Wrote my top 10 without looking them up. And then from then on, I struggled for two days. That's impressive. Yeah, that is. Um, So so here's the rule for today. If someone goes, like, say, number 25, okay, I say a movie, and then Gabe has it, Gabe or JP has it listed better (laughs) on their list, then I'm just going to do my little comment, And then we're going to
1: abstain because we're Catholic and we (laughs) abstain. And it is Lent.
0: It is Lent. All right. So do you want to get us get the ball rolling? Yeah,
1: I'll I'll get the ball rolling. And because I couldn't fall asleep last night, I went through each one of these on Netflix search and I figured out if they are currently streaming on Netflix. Oh, that's (laughs) very helpful to the listeners. I know. I have insomnia. It's a problem. (laughs) Insomnia. No, I'm just kidding. That's not my number 25. My number 25, I think, is going to 1 million percent be on your list. Many people have it as their number one movie. We talked about it this week. There will be blood.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I will abstain. Yeah, I know it. So, there will be blood. If you asked me this a couple years ago, I would have had it top 10. And it's some of the best acting I've ever seen, the directing's incredible just the dialogue, the writing is amazing. Paul Dano is not one of my favorite parts of this movie, but Daniel Day-Lewis is, even for Daniel Day-Lewis, it's like, wow, like you go and expect an incredible performance and you're still blown away. Amazing ending and everything. The thing is though, it is a burden watching this movie and you suggested us watching it the other day. And I was absolutely not down for that. This is a movie that I acknowledge its greatness. I, and that's why it's kind of at 25. I wanted to leave it off, and I couldn't justify
0: it. So you're knocking it for its unrewatchability?
1: Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know if it's... I think it might be rewatchable for some people. I just don't have... I'm I'm overweight. It's going to give me a heart attack. <laughs> it's so tense, the whole movie, and everyone in the film hates each other. Yeah. And I just I can't handle that. So... There will be blood. I'm assuming we're gonna have a little more in depth conversation later on.
0: Yep. So my number 25 uh is a twofer. Uh, oh, because yeah. because I, I whisked out and couldn't cut uh, these two, but and I know for a fact one of these will be much higher on your list. It's fine, probably on JP's list as well. Avatar number twenty five, honorable mention AI artificial intelligence. Okay, avatar.
1: I will abstain. AI, (laughs) I've never seen, and I have zero desire to.
0: (laughs) I've never seen AI either.
1: So let me just explain AI for 10 seconds. Can I explain it, having never seen it, before you explain it? Sure. AI is like the definition of when Steven Spielberg had DreamWorks and no one told him what to do, (laughs) and he didn't have anyone editing him. In any way, shape, or form, saying you know what—that's probably not a great idea.
0: That's exactly what it is. That's and what that's I why knew it's it. Incredible. I knew it. But even more of an asterisk on it is that it was originally Stanley Kubrick's movie, and he died,
1: oh, and he okay. willed it
0: to Steven Spielberg. That actually makes a lot of sense. It's so, about like
1: an, uh, an Android boy, right?
0: Yes, and it would be. Uh, so the I like it, not necessarily just for the movie, but because of the background of. What would have it? Would it have been a, another 2001 masterpiece if Stanley Kubrick had actually finished writing the script and and made the movie himself? Uh, which is just fun to blame things on Spielberg. Um, Agreed. Shocked that Avatar is not higher. Yeah. So moving on to Avatar, uh, I, I'll save my my large take for probably when you go. But I just I I it's exactly what you. Just said for there will be blood. I acknowledge its greatness, its effect on the movie industry, and how incredible the technology, and how how much it developed technology in terms of making movies. Like we wouldn't have had Avengers without Avatar.
1: But why do you say that?
0: We we literally could not have made the movie like the Avengers. Like are you talking about
1: funding, technology? What are you talking about? The
0: tech From the technical side, yes. Um, because they literally invented uh, motion, capture, motion capture, which was used somewhat in Lord of the Rings. Um, it was
1: used a lot in Lord of the Rings.
0: Peter Jackson was
1: and King tra- Kong.
0: trying it and King Kong. And then James Cameron came and was like, I'm going to add this and add the greatest digital camera that I've ever invented. Yeah. That's ever been invented on Earth. Um, so I acknowledge it for that As far as the movie goes I didn't like it I loved it And I'm not joking I'm not even exaggerating It's not a good movie <laughs> It's great Sam What's his name? Sam Worthington well, the, entirety, the entirety
1: The entirety of the United States and China Disagrees <laughs> with you <my> friend. <laughs> The
0: plot is stupid um, You tell
1: me Ferngully is stupid
0: Ferngully is stupid <laughs> Uh, The
1: plot's stupid. the first movie I ever saw in theaters. (laughs) I believe your mother took me. And I acted like a crackhead. (laughs) I just ran around the aisle screaming,
0: terrorizing people. (laughs) I'll acknowledge its greatness, though. You know, whatever. I don't really care. Like, I'll go see the... (laughs) I'll I'll probably go see the sequels like one of the first (laughs) nights in theaters. Just because they'll be amazing. But, like, they'll be visually incredible to look at. But, uh... I'm good on uh, little blue things talking about climate change. All right. You know, 20, okay. 24. <laughs> Got <laughs> political <on>. there. Jeez.
1: <laughs> um, my 24 was I just made a change as JP was queuing up the intro music. I did it last second. And I actually watched a movie or two this week and had to put them into my top 25. So it originally bumped this movie out, and I decided to put this back in. And the fact that I'm rating it above There Will Be Blood kind of throws out any seriousness to my <laughs> list.
0: And it's Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Oh, solid. Not on my list. But we had talked about it yeah. This uh, earlier today because I was like, I'm so happy that when you're doing an actual... We've done just of the 2000s, and that was a lot harder because it was mostly just Oscar movies. Because when you have only 25 slots in 20 years... To think about it's like yeah you got to cut some good stuff and usually that's comedies and superhero flicks.
1: Not for my amateur. <laughs> um So,
0: <laughs> but no, but in this list, I'm glad because there's a lot more variety.
1: I will also say that this is probably the most quotable movie of the last twenty years, and you can that that
0: in the Hangover. You can I'd probably
1: say. I think it. I mean, I like Hangover a lot. I think I just. There's so... I okay, Hangover is really good, but this is the most quotable movie. It's the best Will Ferrell movie. It's the most psychotic one, too. So you know what the original <laughs> outline for this was? The original outline for Anchorman was it's like a group of newscasters who are like, they get in a plane wreck over the Rocky mountains and it's like that movie alive where the soccer team crashes in the Andes and they have to like fight off bears and they end up being cannibals and stuff. Jesus. That was the original, it was the same characters, but in that kind of situation in the Rocky
0: mountains,
1: <laughs> Um, that should be the third one. I, I loved anchorman too. Um, I did too. I, but this one's on another level It has my favorite bit characters. I've probably put on YouTube the original news fight at least 35, 40 times to the point where YouTube (laughs) thinks I'm a bot and I don't care. It destroys me every single time. Like Luke Wilson comes into frame and goes, yeah, you're about to be in dead place. (laughs) Again, it says a lot about my immature self. I think that's the greatest comeback in movie history.
0: Policia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, when's Ben Stiller going to get canceled for his very racist depiction during that scene? His incredible yet racist.
0: <laughs> he definitely he, had like a tanner. He on.
1: probably went to a salon or <laughs> yeah, something.
0: He definitely had a tanner. <laughs>
1: um, I could sit here probably for 30 minutes going over scene by scene. It would be an entertaining podcast, but I think that it would get a little bit. <sighs> I'm trying. I think that it would get a little bit bogged down. Just One reading. movie, 30 minutes, quotes. So, you know, it also my last thing, early Steve Carell. I think it's a year or two oh, before yeah. The Office, I think he had been on, he was on The Daily Show or Colbert or something as like a correspondent and it was kind of his coming out movie party. And my number we, uh, 24 Scott.
0: the oh, I'm just not even related to that. <laughs> The Royal Tented Bombs. Is
1: this Wes Anderson?
0: Yeah, Wes Anderson. Yeah. It's probably his best movie, it's in fun. my opinion. Uh, or it's my favorite Wes Anderson movie, probably. But uh, it's what it's. When I think of a Wes Anderson movie, <clears throat> it's the perfect, the perfect one. Great Bill Murray, uh, and then I know very terrible. little about this movie. It's just about a really screwed up family, um, the Tenenbombs.
1: Are they royal? <laughs> no. Are they pretentious as hell? Yes. Because they're in a Wes Anderson movie. Yes. I have that's no weird. interest.
0: All right, that's about all I need.
1: <laughs> that's it. We're we're go- That's it. Because yeah, I'm going to be me the hate, whole time. Yeah,
0: I know you hate Wes
1: Anderson. No, but say but your opinion. This is a podcast for all people that agree good. with my opinions. We're good. We're all bombs. Number twenty-four. Okay. Twenty-three. Uh, see, I don't know if this is going to be on your list or if it's like top five. Gangs of New York.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. I completely forgot about that movie. Can I Can I say something say before it. you go? Say it. So originally when we did the 2000s, Gangs of New York was like number 15 for me. Okay. It is now no longer on my list for this mm, decade. Okay. And, w- and I would take it out of the century. <laughs>
1: Well, if it's out of the decade, I'm assuming it's out of the century. But That's true.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't hate that
1: take because it's going down a little bit for me, too. There are individual set pieces and performances in this movie that are some of the best, not just in since 2000 or the decade we're choosing, but, uh, uh, again, another Daniel Day-Lewis performance, which, in my opinion, is his best.
0: If it, it's if, riveting. If I'd rather watch a, a movie of just him. And I love Leonardo DiCaprio and Liam Neeson and all that, but like I'd rather it just be Daniel Day Lewis, because mm-hmm. all the shit with Leonardo DiCaprio and Cameron Diaz is excruciating to watch.
1: It is, and it's 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 Cameron Diaz's attempt at serious movie, and <laughs> she did not hold up to the other actors in this movie. But there's such a great cast: John C. Riley, Brendan Gleeson. We already said Leo. And
0: Leo's accent is pretty, pretty bad too.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's in some scenes great. Some scenes it's like you didn't try. Yeah. But the problem with gangs of New York is number one, the action is it's, I love Scorsese. It's not well directed. A lot of the action is very, very unclear. The other problem is the opening eight minutes of the movie which is the prequel to the story is so much cooler than the actual story with Liam Neeson leading a band of Irish immigrants against the local New York nativists.
0: That's what I'm saying. I'd rather watch that. I kind of would too.
1: You know, I think that without a legendary performance by Daniel Day Lewis, this movie is not nearly as well received. However, it's, it's a majestic performance. It's, he is an evil yet sympathetic human being it's my favorite daniel day lewis
0: will say again and that's all i gotta say on it uh chris you're 23 my, my number 23 i know it's not gonna be on your list jp minority report ah, another minority spielberg report. special with Tom Cruise. Abstain? <laughs> uh, That's surprising. <laughs> Gabe loves that didn't movie. I know you liked that movie. I showed I this movie did. to JP. Yeah, Gabe loves that movie. All right, I'll hold off then.
1: No, no, no. Say your piece. Oh, okay. Say your piece.
0: Um, it's Tom Cruise in an actually good movie that he didn't have a hand in writing. <laughs> so that that combined with Steven Spielberg doing sci-fi are three of my favorite things. Um... Also, I like the idea of it. Like, the actual plot and story is good. Do you like that
1: you used it in law school?
0: Okay, I was about to say. And I also use this in a court competition as one of the greatest responses to a judge ever, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Very unbiased. um, And, yeah, it just works perfect as an analogy for a lot of things. Um, So... And, and it holds up. Have you even watched it recently? Yeah, I watched it like a year it or two ago. It really holds up, which is surprising. Because a lot of stuff... I mean, in this time, it can either... Because think of the difference. We're talking about a movie like Avatar, and then like, they're, like Air Force One came out. A couple years before
1: (laughs) yeah well this movie is closer in time to avatar than we are to avatar which is kind of crazy to think about and it's actually much closer we are 11 years now from avatar and i think minority port was 2002 that's only seven years apart it's crazy how how long it's been nuts
0: to think about
1: avatar still looks like it came out today
0: yeah it actually looks prettier than most of the marvel movies um not
1: not a high bar
0: no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so my, or wait, I just did. Sorry.
1: JP, have we mentioned any of your top ten yet?
0: Uh, no. Okay. I think so. It's fair
1: enough. You, you know, you gotta feel free to chime in too. I know we're dominating the conversation over here. Yeah, want to no, invite you. No one's
0: in. mentioned any of them yet. We're okay.
1: Good. So, uh, are you done? Yeah. yeah. All right, because I'm gonna hold my take till when it comes up in mine. Spoiler: twenty-two. Yeah, my twenty-two. This is. Maybe mine, well, my first was one that's going to be mentioned later that we watched recently. But this is maybe my number one current movie that I want y'all to watch that you haven't. Gone Baby Gone.
0: Oh, okay. That is at the top of my to-watch list. And I know that if I watch it, based on how you've explained it, that it'll go into the, onto this list. It was almost it's irresponsible like same... as a podcaster. It's so up your alley. To not watch it before making this list it's that same uh writer right? yeah it's dennis lahane
1: who wrote um mystic river he wrote shutter island he was one of the main writers on the wire for a few seasons and um it's so it's based on a pretty popular book by him and ben affleck directed it and
0: much better director than he's an actor.
1: a very good director this might have been his first directing before the town it's, it's before brother, argo right? Yeah. Casey Affleck's the Great main character, actor. Way better, better actor than, than Ben Affleck. Affleck, which is apparent in Goodwill hunting. Oh yeah. You know? <laughs> but, um, Michelle Monaghan's in this movie and she's, and this is kind of the definition. I feel like it's just, we're a bunch of like He-Man woman haters. It's another movie <laughs> with a female actress I do not like, but I like her in the movie. Yeah. And you see throughout, I'm not even going to say whoever's in it. It's one of those just crime mystery thriller movies and you never know what's going to happen. Talk to me. It's Talk well shot. Me. It's well directed. <laughs> and it's a clever plot. Um, there's a ton of people in it, though. It's one of those, oh, he's, a,
0: she's in it. Oh, my Good, God. that guy. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. You'll freak out about that guy's in this movie. So
0: you need to watch it. Absolutely at the top of my yeah, to watch list. Um, my number 22, totally different again, Finding Nemo. My number one great pick. My number one Pixar movie. Great. The pick. Be- yeah, is it the best Pixar movie? It's by far the best Pixar movie. Tied with Inside Injection. Out. Never seen it. Never seen it. It's, I heard it's great. Yeah, I it's have heard the it's the best good. one to me for sure. I think it it is a close number one to the Incredibles, which is a very, very close second. Which whichever one that I picked, I was putting in this slot right here. But finding Nemo. It's a classic. If you want to talk about uh, quotable movies, around this time, there was Anchorman and there was Finding Nemo, and people were equally quoting both of them. I touched the butt. Yeah. And <laughs> for, yeah. My name's Bruce. And then my, I still say mine. What? Mine? mine? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's oh, the per- little crab. The most perfect... <laughs> dude, you know those people at Pixar were like, how do we personify these animals? And they just, that must have been the most legendary like <laughs> session. <laughs>
1: this guy just goes, what if they just go, mine, 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 mine?
0: They offered like, yeah! <laughs> just awesome. Personifications of of every animal in that movie was so perfect. Yeah. It was so perfect.
1: Now, I was a huge Pixar guy through the age of like 15, 16. And I've still seen about half of them that have come out since then. But you know, I'm an adult now. So it's like, you can't go to a Pixar movie in theaters. Like unless I'm taking like a relative, you know, it looks weird. Yeah. But this was one that of the Pixar movies I've seen that have come out recently. And I know some of them have gotten just really good reviews. It's just on another level it is a much higher level than the stuff that I've seen since like 2010. Like if you put brave in this, it's a completely different stratosphere of movie finding mm-hmm. Nemo.
0: It was kind of finding Nemo is a good film. Yeah. It's not just that it's a good kids movie or it's a good Pixar. The movie. story's it's great. It's a good film. Yeah. Like
1: um, the themes in it are awesome. Like Monsters Inc. was very good, but then Finding Nemo comes out, and it really shows that Pixar had stuff in their arsenal besides the Toy Story movies. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And I think I still think
0: Inside Out is the best Pixar
1: movie. Okay, I've heard it's really good. I've just not seen it.
0: It is the best, like, just actual film I've seen by Pixar. It's so good. I need to see it, but I, I just Gabe hit it on the head. It has to be just the correct vibe for. me to watch that it kept me entertained the whole time yeah but i'm not i'm not just gonna load that up one night like (laughs) i don't know it'd have to be like quarantine and and my niece is over yeah you know anyways all right right.
1: (laughs) my number 21 and this is one of the first ones i will bet money it's on your list pretty high
0: i don't think we've there will be blood blood yeah
1: catch me if you can
0: I will abstain, yeah. and I'll even put it in parentheses. I will abstain for quite a while. Yeah,
1: yeah. I figured. I I feel like this is top ten, maybe top five for you. Um, Catch me if you can is a very rewatchable movie, and it's also a movie you can watch individual scenes of. Like, I love movies that I can just go to YouTube and be like, oh, let me watch these three, four scenes, or if it's on halfway through, it's like the concept of that podcast rewatchables. I love. Oh, you know, thirty minutes in. Chris Walken is, you know, talking to a waitress. Yeah, I'll watch the rest of the movie.
0: <laughs>
1: um, Chris Walken, I believe, was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor at this Oscars. He did not win, and he was really good. I just, I didn't even think he was like, I thought Tom Hanks and Leo stole the screen every second they were on the screen. A very different Tom Hanks performance, and he does have range, but his, his personality was so subdued in this movie, which I really, really loved. Um DiCaprio so, really showed right here so this was Walken, during the Walken oh, ahead, was
0: nominated for best supporting actor and John Williams the legend was nominated for best original score it's a
1: pretty good score it was not nominated for best picture though and it
0: absolutely no, should have been I co- totally agree Um, let me see who Christopher Walken lost to what was it for? Best supporting. Yeah. He lost to Chris Cooper
1: for adaptation. For adaptation, which is a bad movie and a bad performance.
0: That movie is weird and not good. Listen to this is an interesting Oscars. So Chris Cooper wins for adaptation. the The other nomination nominees for best supporting actor are by far just. This is kind of a stacked. Other than the guy <laughs> who won, Cooper, Ed Harris for the hours, awesome. Paul Newman for Road, Road to, to Perdition. Perdition. Yeah, John that's his. C. That's Riley. his last performance. I think. Did he die right after? that. I one? think so. John C. Riley for Chicago, legend, anchorman, <laughs> and then Christopher Walken for Catch Me If You Can. That's a pretty good crew.
1: They should have nomin- nominated Tom Hanks for this movie, but um, early Amy <laughs> Adams. And she's yes. great in it martin With sheen's in this movie too yes. um and it's it, it is based on a true story which is wild and you don't see movies like this that often movies that are like mid-budget true story movies that just have this vibe and i think it's because it's like spielberg has gone more into like big budget movies in the oh i guess he made the post but who really cares You just don't see movies like this made that often. You see versions of them on Netflix, but they're not nearly as good anymore. Mm -hmm. Or you see documentaries about it. Like this would have been a four or five episode Netflix documentary instead of a movie if it came out in 2020.
0: I agree. I agree. It it could make a great one.
1: All right. So we're going to take a break here and we are going to be right back.
0: And we're back with Chris's 21st movie. Definitely not on your list. It's fair. Might be on JP's. Tear- oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? No, but that's one of Dad's favorites. That is I've one of our dad's favorite movies. Times. The Soggy Bottom Boys. The Soggy Bottom Boys. Great
1: soundtrack, by the way. I respect the choice. I've never seen the full
0: thing. Oh, you have to watch it. Yeah. Um, It's one of the Coen Brothers' best. Um, besides another one that's on this list. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but if that... Very different movie, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. But oh, brother, where art thou? I. It's weird to compare to that other movie that we're referring to because oh, brother, where art thou is actually more of an art art piece, and it's more of an art film. Um, Who's in
1: it besides George Clooney? Uh,
0: George Clooney. Uh, Did Jesus? <laughs> Did Jesus? Oh, John yeah. Turturro's in it. Yeah, it's it's all of the Coen Brothers guys. Yeah. It's, uh, John uh, Goodman. That's the first. So my dad loves that movie, and he showed it to me a bunch when I was little. That's the first movie I ever saw. Where, um, I don't. I'm not sure what you would call it, but it's basically the Odyssey, right? Yeah. But it's within, like an allegory. Yeah, it's that's the first the movie where yeah. I realized like you could do an allegory, and it's still. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it's extremely. I always thought it was cool. Biblical. Uh, and it's also based on the Odyssey, and loot very loosely. But uh, one of my all-time favorite, probably the best John Goodman character, other than no, other it's, than it's
1: it's um, Walt. Yeah, Walt was it Walt, <laughs> not Kowalski. Walt Kowalski is a character in the movie. What's his, What's his name in Big Lebowski? Walter. <laughs>
0: Put away the peace, man. <laughs>
1: movie from 1997. You we see just can't what happens, stop talking. Larry?
0: By um, the way, Jesus Rolls. I'm down to watch that. Scene. Yeah, I am too. Walter Sobchak.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, Don't you dare say that this is the best John Goodman. No, it's, he's it's, not better than Walter Sobchak. He's, only, he's no. only
0: in this movie for like less than five minutes. The best okay. John Goodman role is that. Uh, new world war of the worlds movie or whatever that Ten Cloverfield
1: Lane. Yes, I've heard yes. he's amazing in that. It's I haven't, so seen good. I haven't seen it. Either. That's on my short it's list scary. of stuff to see too.
0: Yeah, to see him in a role where he's like really scary like that is. Yeah, he's a he's great really good. actor. This is a great movie. It's written the Coen Brothers' um, dialogue writing is so good in this movie. It's mm. just quick back and forth, people talking over each other but saying important stuff. Like you have to rewatch it a couple of times. I like the political side of it. I like the the uh the fact that you can track the entire Odyssey and, and some novel yeah. stories through it. My favorite George Clooney movie. I have to mm. say that I cannot say that based yeah. on my list. Same. <laughs> um it is George Clooney is good in it. Yeah. But he did I just love that character. People I don't think people really liked his performance in it originally but i i don't think it was correctly received because he's purposely overacting in it because he Coen, does that in a lot of the movies Coen brothers told him he, do, to he overact, does that in intolerable
1: didn't? cruelty too yeah. and it kind of throws me off
0: yeah once you get past oh wait this is kind of a cartoon and it's like a, as if they're telling it's as if the characters are telling the story to each other which yeah. is weird so it because it's based on the odyssey it, it's based on some guy standing up telling a really long story. Yeah. So, but it's Game? a great movie.
1: All right. My number 20? 20, Collateral.
0: Never seen it. Never seen it either. Okay.
1: Then, okay. And Enlighten it's us.
0: The top of it's at the top of my to watch list. Enlighten us.
1: Let me, let me clarify this. I assumed okay, it must have been a different movie because I first saw this. This was always number one on my I wanted to see it when it came out in theaters because I've loved Tom Cruise forever. Yeah, same. And I'm like, Tom Cruise is Grace by Tear. What is yeah, this? Yeah, Tom
0: Cruise, like actually in a rough movie.
1: So other than minority report. Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx, directed by Michael Mann. <laughs> and it is I'm in. <laughs> it is one of the coolest la movies ever made it's one of the because mo- it, it's michael Mann. you know it's going to be well shot the it's not an action movie half the time and then all of a sudden it explodes in like the best action <laughs> scenes made in years as someone who hates mark ruffalo i know as i know you do this and another movie are prop that is on my list that is up next are oh, probably God. his two best performances
0: ever I mean, if we're ranking Mark Ruffalo performances, it's not that high of a bar.
1: He's great. (laughs) He's one of the worst actors. He doesn't look like Mark Ruffalo or act like him in this movie.
0: Then it's probably bet good.
1: (laughs) Um, There are
0: better actors at Players by the Sea, local theater than.
1: Sorry, my headphones just. I mean, you're just wrong. But my headphones (laughs) just popped out there. But they're coming in and out. Let me try to fix my wire. Here we go. Um, anyways, so what's also very interesting about this is Michael Mann originally did not want Jamie Foxx to play the role of, I mean, the basic thing is there's a cabbie driver and a hitman. And it was not supposed to be Jamie Foxx. It was supposed to be Adam Sandler.
0: Oh, yeah. Why did, why did Jamie Foxx get it?
1: That story, I don't actually know the reason for it. But I'm sure Adam Sandler probably would have been pretty good, but it would have been very different. He's
0: awesome in serious movies. What's
1: also interesting is Jamie Foxx was supposed to have been the, um, you know, Jamie Foxx is the lead character in this movie. He is far and away the most screen time. He's the lead actor.
0: Is he the hitman or the cabbie?
1: He's the cabbie. And he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this movie. Why?
0: Tom Cruise, baby.
1: No. Tom Cruise didn't get a nomination because it's Tom (laughs) Cruise and no one wants to nominate him.
0: Was this the year Ray came out? This is the year Ray
1: came out, and he didn't want to campaign against himself, and it was successful because he won for Ray, Yeah, and then he nominated he 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 probably didn't deserve to win Best Supporting this year, but he was in both categories.
0: Ray's a good movie. Not on my list.
1: Now, Collateral is a movie I watched when we were in Ecuador on Ecuadorian Netflix when I plowed through movies because they had an unreal selection. Was
0: this this the day...
1: But after the wedding, this might've been the rehearsal dinner day, like lying in bed. I can't remember exactly, Mm -hmm. but so I thought it was this one. I watched it and then handed you the iPad and you watched it, but maybe it was a different movie. No,
0: that was the usual suspects.
1: Oh, okay. I'm telling you, I plowed through similar types of movies to this. So the
0: first time I, I saw that
1: this is also probably the best Tom Cruise performance since like, early 90s Tom Cruise. This is um it's it's not like him at all. And you don't get the vibe that you're watching Tom Cruise, which is a big problem with Tom Cruise movies. And it's I love It's a
0: problem and a good thing. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, well he's he
0: cuz he's a star. When you like him, yeah. If um, you like him then it's good. He's
1: one of the most not in a good way, badass characters on cuz it's a Michael Mann movie too, so you know the bad guy's going to be like this he's he's really good Michael Mann (laughs) I again I watched the Miami Vice movie recently I'm not gonna say it's good
0: (laughs) I was about to say I'm drawing the line but I'm not
1: mad I watched it
0: Colin Farrell
1: Colin Farrell uh, uh, and there are critics who say he's incredible it's one of the worst performances I've ever (laughs) seen in a movie (laughs) it's really bad and his whole
0: what accent is he doing is he doing like a Florida accent? He's
1: doing like I was beaten too much as a kid accent. It's weird, man. What? It's really baffling. The closest thing he's ever done in his career to it is True Detective season two, the way he acts.
0: I liked him in True Detective. Yeah, I know. I did too.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah, we've spent 10 minutes on collateral and I've been talking about it.
0: You go ahead. But by the way, awesome movie. You got to watch it. 20, Chris. 20. Uh, I think Game's going to have this higher. JP, I'm. If you've seen this movie, it'll be high on yours. Gladiator.
1: Not on my list. Wow. I know, I know.
0: That's one of my top to watch movies. I haven't seen it. I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) How can you, Gabe, how can you make a list of the best movies from 2000, 2009 and not put on Gladiator?
1: Because I like everything about this movie besides the direction. I don't think it's a well-directed movie at all. Uh... Acting... Awesome. Russell Crowe's the man. Russell Crowe's great. Walking Phoenix, Joaquin is Phoenix evil was in it. completely passed evil. over for Best Supporting. He got nominated. I can't remember who beat him, but it should have been him. <laughs>
0: he's incredible. Um, in
1: Russell Crowe won Best Actor, and every he like swept all the awards for it. But it should have been Walking Phoenix. He's the be- he's, un- he's incredible. So good in it. Um, it's
0: Ridley Scott, right?
1: Yeah. Which is why I don't yeah. Think it It's Ridley <laughs> Scott. Yeah, yes. it's a lot of Ridley? people would say it's his best movie.
0: It's by far his best movie. I mean Alien. It, but I mean Alien. Yeah, it's a classic, but eh. there are Are we gonna have an alien conversation right now? Probably. No.
1: Not. Yeah. There are elements of Gladiator. I know I'm taking over your thing. There are elements of Gladiator. It it reminds me of Gangs of New York that are some of the best yeah. scenes.
0: I agree. And that's why it's not, uh, this is an honorary spot. It is not my favorite. It's not even, mm -hmm. I don't like when I think, Oh, let me list off. If this was a list of favorite movies, it, this wouldn't be on. it.
1: Did Russell Crowe win best actor for this and a beautiful mind two years in a row? I
0: think he lost
1: for this. this Oh, I thought he won for a beautiful mind. Maybe I have it backwards. And they
0: both won best picture.
1: Okay, well... Yeah, I could have sworn
0: um, Joaquin won Best Supporting. He did not win Best Supporting.
1: He? he didn't win till the Joker. That was his first Oscar winner. Oh, ever. really? Yeah. Um, Let me
0: see who he lost to.
1: But Gladiator is something... It's one of those things where I said 6 through 40 could have rearranged him anyway. This could have easily been on my list. It was probably in the top 10, 15 left off. I've just never liked it because the direction. I really don't like that
0: part of it. It's. It is a very, like... Okay, yeah, so Russell Crowe won for Gladiator, but Lost for a Beautiful m- Mind. Um, yeah, but the direction, what you're referring to, I think, is the, what's hard to explain, is the 2000-1999 Bill Clinton feel of TV and movies back then, where, like, there's like a beeper and some people might have cell phones and like the internet's new and like they're wearing weird sunglasses like in every TV show it's a, it's a 2000s movie that was actually taking place like two ten thousand years ago which is why it's so <laughs> bizarre like the that's pri- why it's not it's not one of my favorite movies because of I agree it's the direction my my it's issue more almost this the cinematography
1: My issue with this movie is I I would kind of agree with that too. My issue with this movie is you have the matrix came out two years before this. So you have new inventive filmmakers showing how action can be done in movies. And then you have action in this movie where the set pieces are great. The acting's great. It looks, if you just look at pictures of it, incredible. And then the action is just quick cuts. Yeah. And it's that's that's called someone who is old and is even though I think Ridley Scott won best director for this, complete, complete trash. If you let Michael Mann
0: (laughs) direct this
1: (laughs) if you went if you let Michael Mann direct this movie, it every single character in this movie's entire family is murdered. And you see it all happen.
0: Yeah, in like <laughs> excruciating detail. All right. All
1: right. My number nineteen is Zodiac.
0: I had to cut it.
1: Ooh, it's JP, have you seen my, Zodiac? It's it's one of my favorites. Oh, this is this the first one? You, it's going to be on your list.
0: Jake Hall. Okay, we just had the Jake
1: Gyllenhaal discussion the other night because we watched Prisoners. Um, this is, I think, I said my number one Jake Gyllenhaal performance. This is one of the best Ruffalo performances ever. This is a very good Robert. non, I think it was one of his first RDJ. post rehab RDJs, even though he go needs to go to rehab in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't think I'd like this when it first came out. And I, my appreciation for it's grown um, because it's about the true story about the Zodiac killer. It's based on the cartoonist Hall's book. He wrote about it. And it's just, it is baffling. I found myself, even though knowing what happens in the end, I found myself enthralled by it. I like movies like that, that they're like, no, everyone knows what ended up happening here, but the movie's still fascinating.
0: Is it not one of the most... I would only compare it to the silence of the lambs in terms of the last 15 minutes when I am white knuckled sweating yeah.
1: the, the basement scene
0: freaking out,
1: the lights are on in my house.
0: Freaking. Yeah. Out. <laughs>
1: very, very. And, and that's a testament to how great a director Fincher is. And even though like there's a movies like gone girl that I don't like the movie, I don't like gone girl. I don't like it either, but it is a very well actor. made movie, yeah. you know? So, If you said this is Fincher's best movie, yeah, I could see it. If you're someone who's into murder mysteries, um, well-acted murder mysteries, or true story like crime dramas, it's a must-see movie. And it's one that, because 2007 is probably the most stacked movie year since 1974, no one talked about it at the time. It didn't have a prayer of getting nominated for Best Picture, because the Best Picture category that year was stacked.
0: Say it's in a an, it's in a weak year like when Argo won.
1: I think it wins it best would, picture in a lot of these years. Directing probably.
0: Yeah. Just been got really unlucky with the release date. You ready for this? Let's hear it. I'm putting Zodiac at twenty-five. I'm taking Avatar out.
1: Do what you gotta do. That
0: was to honor honor it. Fuck Avatar. I'm putting Zodiac. Jeez. Wow. I love Avatar. Okay. So uh Chris, you're and nineteen. Respect. Uh nineteen. Ocean's Eleven. I thought about putting that on.
1: Absolutely abstaining.
0: It's. Oh, oh hell okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say absolutely not.
1: <laughs> so. That is the way I'd preface, like, absolutely not.
0: Um, Ocean's Eleven is. This is
1: a fantastic
0: movie. Everyone in it, except for Don Cheadle, is excellent. <laughs> Cheadle's accent's really bad. At the height of their powers. Julia Roberts. Besides Matt Damon. Who I don't like is amazing in it. Uh, Everyone. Uh, Now, Andy Garcia. So good as a villain. He's really good. He's
1: so good. Um, I'm trying to keep my comments to myself.
0: Yeah, I also. So why I looking at Ocean's Eleven when it first came out, it was big blockbuster JP all, it was a big like parent blockbuster when I was a kid. Like this all, is one of my mother's favorite yeah, movies in like, recent years. It was like big. She loves date the whole night, series. Big date night movie. Mom and dad like, mom and dad's across the country were like getting babysitters to go see this movie. Yeah, and I never saw it in theaters. I remember seeing it.
1: Because you were seven.
0: Yeah, I was young, and I remember seeing it like maybe on TV or on VHS or, or DVD or something. Um, a couple years after, and I was like, this is. Yes, it's a blockbuster, but rewatching it, it's like a it's a very good just film in terms of the art of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Soderbergh, Soderbergh, and it's it's like
1: it's my number one Soderbergh, but I haven't seen Traffic, which I he won I think best director for.
0: I haven't seen Traffic either, but Ocean's Eleven is when you re. I encourage anyone everyone to rewatch oceans 11 with an art eye in oh my god sorry i'm being pretentious but in look at because yes it's a high he- it's a heist movie with all these stars in it but that's there's a deeper level of commentary to it which is good
1: okay my 18 i don't know if i feel good about this king kong oof now,
0: I actually like
1: If I saw this, I, which I did, I saw this in theaters three Peter times. Jackson. This was like my favorite movie. Yeah, I saw Peter it Jackson.
0: at Pablo Theaters with you and your dad.
1: I saw this movie several times. This is my freshman year of high school, I think. And my problem is, I haven't seen it in about eight years. So I love it. I love that it's three hours long, I love the direction. The acting is great by everyone. Very early, Kyle Chandler playing a complete douchebag. And he's <laughs> he plays good guys in like every movie. And I'm like, no, go back to your roots from King yes. Kong. You're so so good as an a-hole. Mm-hmm. Andy circus, not MoCap. <laughs> Love it. And Jack Black in a serious awesome. role, which he should do way more often. The problem is, I'm saying all the good things about it. I don't know how well the CGI has aged. And I, I legit don't know, and I kind of don't want to rewatch it because I'm scared the CGI <laughs> the won't age well. It. Yeah.
0: I like the newest Kong better.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. See, I thought it was fine, but the not one, on the level the of this one. one, one. With,
0: uh, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I didn't really like that movie. I like it, and Godzilla vs. Kong's coming out, so.
1: In on that.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> All right, like Chris, you're Jackson. 17. Or you're 18. 18. My 18,
0: 18, I'm guessing, is way higher on y'all's list. Iron Man.
1: Not on my list.
0: Whoa! Not close to being on my list. (laughs) Not in
1: in my top, like, 60. And I like Iron Man.
0: It's still, to this day, my favorite Marvel movie. Yeah, it's the best Marvel Um, movie to me,
1: too. You didn't include it? It's my my number five or six Marvel movie.
0: Wow. Damn. 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 Yeah, to me, it's the best Marvel movie. It's... Um, I, I put it this high, not only because I just love this movie and it's super rewatchable, but I love Robert Downey Jr. And then I, I also, you have to think about what it fucking started. Like, yeah, a lesser known comic book character that I did not, I, I never really was into comics, but my brother, what my older brother was, and I had no idea what Iron Man was. And they created the most profitable movie franchises off of that from an actor who. Was they took a risk really on. Really not a sure bet. They had but a big won.
1: insurance policy on him.
0: RDJ was born to be Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. And, Gabe, I'm shocked that this isn't on your list. It's, it's, I. If you asked me
1: when it came out in 2008, I would have been, oh yeah, because what it did for the MCU, the superhero genre, I mean, it was amazing. It's got a couple problems with it. Number one, I've now seen the exact performance, 15 more Marvel movies. So at the time the Tony Stark performance was a revelation.
0: You're, he you're, was even better. You're doing Man. a test. You're giving RDJ an even bigger testament because you're saying he's, no. what he's I'm saying? He's playing that character perfectly in everything.
1: No. And I've gotten tired of it is the problem. Oh, well, so that makes like, I was happy End game ended the way it did. So I'm like, Oh, at least they're going to go in a new direction. So what I'm saying is I respect the pick and I really do like that movie, but I'm a little over it. I think, it, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, George Mikan was an awesome center in the NBA in the 1950s, but then they got guys like Shaquille O'Neal that they're both Hall of Famers, but they learned how to play it a little bit differently on a bigger scale.
0: It's comparing Bobby Jones and Tiger Woods. They're yeah. playing two different sports. I was going to make a
1: golf comparison, <laughs> then I feel like you were going to correct me, on, so I decided to go basketball, and yet I still got the golf correction. So.
0: Um. It's by far my favorite Marvel movie, and the I'll be honest, the scenes pre he, him becoming Iron Man are some of my favorite movie scenes They're very good. from this era.
1: Well, okay. My 17, Avatar. Yes. Bullshit. Yes. You had it in your top 25 to start out, so don't act more. like it's not a good movie.
0: <laughs> Look, I'm biased. I saw this movie. In theaters in 3D when I was eight. So oh my God. immediately, I'm you've like, never recovered. The night scenes where the plants are glowing. Yeah, yeah I've never recovered.
1: <laughs> so there's just a couple. We've already talked about Avatar. There's a couple elements I want to go through. I guarantee everyone listening has seen it. There's multiple aspects to this. The first aspect is this is up my alley. A sci fi outer space, half real, half cartoon movie with lots of action, with a very basic, easy-to-follow plot, with solid but not spectacular performances from everyone involved. And instead of being directed by, like, Michael Bay, it's done by James Cameron. So it's, like, my exact plot of the movie I like with, like, one of the, probably the best big-budget director of all time. So that's why I love Avatar, is because it's, like, there's nothing special about it besides it's the fact that James Cameron said, hey, I'm actually probably the best filmmaker with, with, that, that has a $500 million contract with a studio that's ever existed because no one else has ever existed like that. So I'm going to do whatever I want and rake in the most money ever. And I've been looking forward to the sequels that have been rumored to be, they're now seven years delayed. I'm still going to go. I'll be first in line to see the sequels. I really want to go to Avatar at Disney. I've heard it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like the best thing at any of the Disney parks now. Yeah, I'm in. My old roommate uh, was in the line for four hours for it and said it was worth it. Said the line was awesome. So, yeah, Avatar, big fan. And you want to hear the most shocking thing I'll say on this podcast? I'm a Sam Worthington guy.
0: I like him. Get the hell out of here. I am too. He's I like Terminator Salvation I did
1: <laughs> directed by McG.
0: I'm out. All right. Out. You're Moving 17, on. Chris. Totally different movie. The aviator.
1: <laughs> this is in my top five to watch. I've still never seen it.
0: Oh, yep. My, I, I know to I'm the point angry. where last
1: night I was trying to watch it and I couldn't find it on any
0: streaming service. Haven't seen it. It is an incredible movie. Um, isn't it really long very long um probably a top three top possibly top two leo performance that is a high bar i've seen um, uh, the meme of him in the bathroom washing his hands from <laughs> the movie a million times it's this very quarantine. timely for right now uh so yeah the acting is so strong in it um, he
1: was nominated for best actor did not win and yeah. i think Kate blanchett was nominated and did not win so i think she, scorsese was nominated did not win i think the movie was nominated and did not win
0: so it yeah so it was nominated for 11 oscars and it won five uh Kate blanchett did win
1: oh she did yes. okay
0: um and she uh she's incredible in it yeah, like an uncanny.
1: This is this is her in the midst of like the Lord of the Rings movies. Like she's on fire during the early two thousands.
0: Um, she is. I'm talking perfect in this movie. Um, but yeah, so the movie's incredible. The story just of Howard Hughes, yeah. is, is amazing to begin with. Like he's a freak. He's just a freak. And to realize how successful and powerful he was but was Mm -hmm. still such a weirdo yeah is so strange and then you also realize how many characters in movies and books have been based on howard hughes Mm -hmm. and also the background story of like leonardo dicaprio being like yeah this is why i was put on this earth to play howard hughes it's the movie he's he was trying to make for like 10 years and when he was in his teenagers he wanted to make it make it but which is a
1: really weird thing for a teenager he was obsessed
0: with this which is super weird um but yeah it the acting in this movie i i will describe it as this expertly directed incredible acting and in in just a fascinating story make up for the length and the fact that there's not there's not like action and yeah it's, it's just a biopic but it's
1: but done but done a plus fucking perfect yeah
0: um so i'm saying like if it was it, it ain't good fellas but it's like it's just it's awesome still
1: yeah all right so we are gonna stop there and we will come back with my number 16
0: and you're back on back Porchin' with jp chris and gabe and we're on gabe's
1: 16. 16th. All right. So my 16 and Chris, you've said this a couple times like that. I don't like this movie. You said it a week or two ago. I like minority report. It's a great movie.
0: Oh, let's go. Yeah.
1: Minority reports <laughs> a really good movie. And this is the movie when I babysat JP for a week and I'm like, JP, you're getting an education this weekend. <laughs> and I think I beat him in Madden three or four times. <laughs> having never played it on Xbox at the time. <laughs> and then we watched Minority Report. And what was your opinion on Minority Report when we were when we watched it? You were like 12 or 13. What'd you think?
0: Yeah, I was probably like yeah, 13. Um I had never seen a movie like that. I'd compare it to I don't know, maybe even something like Blade Runner, honestly, but I had never seen anything like that and uh Well, okay, I think it's the same guy, the guy that wrote the short story
1: I could be wrong. I think it's both Blade Runner and Minority Report. Oh, both really? Philip K. Dick stories. Am I wrong on that?
0: I'm not sure. I, I think it could yeah, be. It I might
1: just be completely BSing. Who knows? Minority Report, though, it's one of the classic big budget. It, you have a combination of Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg. So it's like you know it's going to be at least a good movie then you it's add Tom Cruise in the mix. Yeah. yeah. You have an awesome performance by Max von Sydow. Anytime he shows up in a movie – I'm hyped. You have young Colin Farrell, who's (laughs) really good in it. And then you have a bunch of like character, like um, actors with really small parts, like uh, Neil McDonough as like Cruz's right hand man. You've got a bunch of like random characters, and the story's really cool. It's very creative and it ties all together. And it's a perfect combination of you're able to follow it, but it's also complicated enough to where you're not a hundred percent sure until the very end of what's going on. And I love stuff like that. And yeah, minority report, big fan.
0: Completely agree. RT. uh, I'm, I'm surprised you have it that high though, because there's a lot of movies that I think you're going to leave off. I left
1: a lot of stuff off that could have easily
0: been on this list. 16, my
1: 16 casino Royale. Okay. Now that's when I'm shocked is, is this low? abstain definitely abstaining wow you you know oh i'm surprised you don't know that about me like this is
0: i know that but i i figured this would be the range i figured it would be within 20 and 10 okay um for you uh casino royale incredible top three bond ever um, I agree
1: with that take. Yeah, top. Three, but I'm staying quiet.
0: Top beat, top three Bond movie ever. Daniel Craig, close second, Bond, in general, um, and also just firing me back up for Bond in general. This movie was sick. The at oh, the height of the uh, parkour. Thing or whatever, true. We yes. have the best parkour chase scene I've ever seen it's, in any movie ever. It's
1: insane, it's
0: the craziest shit I've ever seen, and ever that's
1: ever. not in like the top three or four like moments of the movie either.
0: Yes. No, um, and yeah, there's like three. This is a long movie, v- it is very long. There's like three different Bond movies in this thing, and uh, but yeah, it's incredible. Daniel Craig's first, uh. Came out with a bang. Take at it, and it was perfect. And um, yeah, I loved it. Amazing theme. Oh yeah. And good Chris Cornell. Good villain. All right. Soundgarden. R. All right. So um,
1: my fifteen. Streaming on Netflix currently. We watched it a week ago, and you guys loved it. Mystic River. Abstain.
0: Wait, you're did you say thirteen? Fifteen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Abstain. <laughs>
1: All right. Are you abstaining, Chris?
0: Big abstain. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> so that makes me very interested. So I'm gonna go over the reasons, the problems with this movie to start off. Um
0: problems. Yeah.
1: I like Clint Eastwood a lot. I love him as an actor, and I like a lot of the movies he's directed. He he doesn't challenge his audience, he doesn't leave things up to chance. And there's a lot of little moments. And this is a nitpick, but there's a lot of little moments in this movie where he has a character say something out loud. And it's basically so the character with no one's around him, the character is just talking out loud.
0: That's his, that's his Western.
1: And he's just doing design. it because he's not a good enough director to have like the nuance, just have it known to the audience. And that's my big nitpick with it.
0: That is a nitpick. It's
1: a great movie with three top tier acting jobs. And I know Sean Penn won best actor. And I I know you, I'm not going to step on your toes, but I know you said he's the worst of the three in the movie, (laughs) which I agree. It's Tim Robbins is the best. It's also, it's one of those things where that style of movie, the Dennis Lehane novels, every movie I've seen in that style I'm in, which is why you need to watch gone baby
0: gone.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, Mystic River. That's my take. I know we're gonna talk about it more later. So you go ahead and go.
0: Fifteen,
1: Castaway, Epstein. This was one I had to take off. This was gonna be on my list. I took it off.
0: I'm I'm interested to hear why you took it off, but Castaway.
1: I also just listened to a whole like two hour rewatchables episode uh, on this. Did you? Yeah, it's okay. very good.
0: So Castaway has the perfect mix of Spielberg. It, we're making an entertaining movie that's going to be like a blockbuster and popcorn flick balanced out with, we're going to fucking put a camera on one of the best actors alive and just let him let them handle this. And we're not going to do anything else. It's one of the most understated, um, Spielberg direction, di- uh, movies. Yeah. And that's one of, it would be higher. Cause I, I personally, like the stuff on the island doesn't feel like Spielberg. Personally, I just love this movie, and I agree. So that's my nitpick with it, and why it's not higher is because the two scenes that actually stuff happens, Spielberg is like, I'm going to just Jurassic Park this, and it just doesn't fit in with the rest. Because the movie's a very just it's character and mm-hmm. the camera's still and nothing big uh which is the plane crash which is just way over the top and then his escape uh with the storm and all that shit it's just way like dude just like we get it it's hard yeah like but um okay i know i keep
1: saying spielberg and i knew i said it wrong at the time robert zemeckis made this movie it's not a spielberg movie. castaway yeah it's robert I zemeckis know i'm sorry because it seems like because this was the thing they were saying on the podcast that was interesting. Because
0: did he like produce it or something?
1: I, it, it's because it seems like a Spielberg thing. Um, I don't know that he did, but it's a Zemeckis movie, and
0: I legitimately have gone my entire life thinking that this was a Spielberg. It
1: seems movie. like it, right? Because you know Spielberg and Hanks during the late nineties, early two thousands. So Zemeckis had to um, they had to film around Tom Hanks' weight gain. So they filmed it, and then they spent like a year waiting for Tom Hanks to get in the right shape to film like the other stuff, like the island stuff versus the back at home stuff. Mm-hmm. And during that time, Zemeckis liked the film crew so much that he filmed What Lies Beneath with Harrison Ford with the Great same exact movie! the same exact film crew in between the filming of Castaway, the first half and the second half. Filmed What Lies Beneath in that year. Also, I was considering putting
0: what lies beneath on here yeah but took it off
1: um any other takes
0: uh no just uh that's shocking to me it is dreamworks that might be why yeah um i don't know why i thought that helen hunt isn't that good in this movie
1: oh i like her in it
0: um and i like her in a lot but yeah moving on
1: this is the best take from that episode i listened to do you think she moved on a little quick
0: yeah i've always yeah, thought.
1: yeah that. It, like you couldn't wait another year or two to get married to the dentist i agree i agree all right um this is a movie this is probably the best recommendation i'm giving you all because i don't even know if you all you all have like ever considered watching this movie i watched this a week or two ago for the first time it's always been my like 99 match on netflix and i've never watched it and when we're gonna do the two thousand to two thousand nine movies, I'm like, I have to watch it. I've heard it's amazing. City of God.
0: Never seen it. It's always on. Never my seen suggest. it.
1: Okay, um, City of God is an experience. I've been trying the last couple months to really just movies I've always wanted to see. I'm like, why am I watching like YouTube MRE reviews when I could be watching like really good movies? <laughs> and so I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna sit down. And this is the first one that I've sat down. And I put my phone down two minutes and I'm like, oh, I'm watching the rest of this. It is, it's a Brazilian movie. I watch the Spanish version of it and it's just about kids that grow up in the favelas in Rio and about the crime that takes place. It's in like, there's, um, it goes from, I think like the 50s, 60s, 70s into the 80s a little bit Maybe. And it's just about the life as a poor person in the ghetto, the drug trade, just growing up being a teenager. And it's so – the story is so well told and it has some of the best characters. And the way the – I've never seen a movie directed is this way. Is it a way.
0: fully Brazilian cast?
1: I mean the, I, the like, only person like, I anyone, recognized yeah. from it was Alicia Vega I think her name is. And you've seen her in a bunch of stuff. She's like the chick from I Am Legend. If you've seen her in that. And she's in a couple other things too. And she's the only one that I think made it big internationally from this. Mm -hmm. But it's such a well-told story. And it is... You need to sit down and watch it. it... But you don't want to be interrupted. You don't want to be distracted. Because you have to pay attention with the subtitles.
0: Can you give a little hint of the plot?
1: The plot is about... um, The main couple characters are two kids. Who are not necessarily friends. Or even in the same it's not even that they have the same storyline. Their storylines intersect that grow up in the favelas in Rio. And it shows how the favelas grow and how these kids grow. And one becomes a regular guy and one becomes a drug Lord. Gotcha. And it's, there's like guys that are like mentioned like for like 30 seconds. And I was like, this is a guy, his name is Ned. It's not time for his story yet. And you forget about him for an hour. And then the last half of the movie is about this one guy they mentioned for five seconds in the movie.
0: How many people in Brazil do you think are named Ned?
1: I don't know. It's also <laughs> <Four>. <laughs> it's 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 fascinating too because you realize all these people are like younger than JP and they're like running. Oh, the
0: actual actors? I
1: don't know if the actual actors yeah. are, but in the in the movie it's like, yeah, yeah you know, um we skipped class to go to the beach and you know, our friend that we go to school with is like running Rio de Janeiro's underworld. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Fascinating stuff. Highly recommended city of God.
0: Uh, 14. Yep. Insomnia.
1: Never seen so it. So when I made the joke about insomnia, I was not expecting it to be on your uh, list. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was laughing. Pacino, Robin Williams, Hillary Swank, Directed by Chris Nolan, fire me up.
1: You said you I'm in. You said, and I haven't even seen it. You said the Nolan thing or the Hillary Swank thing, like she belongs <laughs> like in the same with, category with, with all the others. With
0: Robin Williams and Al Pacino. Even though she's won one or
1: two Academy Awards, it's I think.
0: Such a good movie. Um, very understated Chris Nolan movie, by the way. Um Pacino is not as Pacino in this movie as others around this time, which is why I really like him in it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's way quieter and just subdued.
1: Weird performance for him and for Robin Williams.
0: Robin Williams is bizarre in this movie because I've seen him. Is it a serious role? He plays a bad guy. And so I've seen him play villains before. Specifically, the closest one I can think of to this is there was a season of Law and Order SVU that he randomly guest starred in. Oh, really? And he plays Robin a, Williams. He plays a child murderer. Oh, and it is the best. Some it, some of his like later career, it's the best acting of his later career, mm-hmm. and it's this exact character. Mm. It's nuts how how similar it is, but. Yeah, it, I really love this movie, and it's just how obviously it's called insomnia, and then has a lot to do with the plot, and that has a lot to do with why Pacino's performance is so underappreciated yeah, in it. Yeah, because he subdues his Pacino ishness due to the insomnia that the character's feeling.
1: And she's got
0: a great <laughs> ass. <laughs> you don't
1: see stuff like that in this one no, or hear it.
0: No. <laughs> you've got your head right up it
1: um insomnia is a pretty good movie but for nolan it's like all right if you're gonna make a movie every two or three years i don't want insomnia because i feel like a lot of people could have made that movie i want something special from you which is what you normally get from nolan
0: so i actually do think it's special because chris nolan made it if not if it was some other director, then I feel like this could have been like, I don't know, uh, the last house on the left, like <laughs> something just <laughs> That's kind of a bad stupid, point. like, you know, run of the mill movie, but because it's Christopher Nolan, it was elevated <laughs> to a different level. Mm-hmm. And obviously having Bacino and Robin Williams, and it does that by itself, but the movie is actually way better because of Christopher Nolan. Um, but yeah, I, I highly suggest that movie.
1: Alright, my 13. Let's go big budget. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and basically, everyone's seen this movie and seen this series, and it's far and away the best of the series. It's... The Jack Sparrow role when it came out was a revelation.
0: I remember how big of a deal it was. People
1: were freaking out about Johnny like Depp. Like it's
0: the best thing And he ever won seen.
1: the SAG for best actor. He didn't win the Academy Award, but he won the SAG, which was pretty respectable. And people just, they crap on the franchise kind of rightly now, like the last couple have not been great.
0: The first two though?
1: This one's on a higher level than all the others, in my opinion, and the characters are so fleshed out to this day. Me, me at 13, watching this in theaters, when Keira Knightley first came on screen and she's done it to me every movie since, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, like your priorities shift a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I'm like oh maybe I have to rethink what I think about life.
0: The Simpsons movie that's I like boys now, (laughs) or but I like girls now.
1: (laughs) Have you ever seen the? I haven't. I'm very confused. Millhouse, but uh, it's also it's an early version. Now it's like well of course there's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie in 2003 when this comes out. IP is not the type of thing it is now. So this was a very early version and they stuck it right. They made billions of dollars off this franchise and they're still making money off it, even though I don't know if they're going to continue making these movies. They've made so much money off of a really not fun theme park ride where nowadays yeah. it's like, you know, every single theme park ride has its own movie, but this was it an early created, adopter it created of that
0: created it, its own genre of movie.
1: I think there were some other ones too.
0: It's it's a swashbuckling like pirate movie, which yeah. has existed, but I'm saying which it,
1: don't it, normally it, work nowadays. It
0: created its own genre of. We own this thing. Like we wouldn't have gotten Transformers without this. Like I'm trying to think of other. I mean, they did Adventureland for God's sake, which sucked. Or Tomorrowland or whatever. I was about to George say, Adventureland Coyne.
1: has absolutely nothing George to do Coyne. with this. <laughs> All right, you're 13.
0: Uh, there Will Be Blood.
1: Mm, okay, I'll let you go on this one because I've already talked about it. This is, it is more where mine should have been ranked. I, I put it on as a respect ranking. The I Haven't seen it. You got to watch gotta it watch once. You got to watch it once.
0: Two of the greatest acting jobs ever. Period. Daniel Day and who else? Paul Dano. Um. The sun is just the the general relationship with the son is the best part of the movie, in my opinion. And when the the scene where he's in the church, he's screaming that he abandoned his boy. Spoiler alert! All that shit. I like was crying. And I'm not like exaggerating. When I first saw <laughs> it, I was like crying, and I was like, "This guy is a good actor." <laughs> that what, takes a lot. What Chris. he does, what what Daniel Day Lewis like is able to do in this movie should not be the same called the same job as what <laughs> Ryan Reynolds does in like Van Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't think it is the same
0: job. It's a totally different yeah. job. Um, but I do, you did kind of convince me earlier. I think you're right. It's not rewatchable. It's, it's a must-watch, but an unrewatchable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also extremely long. Mm-hmm. But I think what Gabe was trying to hit on when he was describing it earlier was that you are worn out warning completely tuckered. You know how when I was saying zodiac your your clenched fist and you're, you're sweating there will be blood is similar but it's it's like Catholic guilt in your stomach. <laughs> you're just torn the whole you're like oh but, but you're sick. enraptured. Oh, you're, yeah you're addicted to the is screen. it gruesome
1: ah, uh, uh, gruesome's not the best word
0: it's visceral.
1: Visceral is a good one. It's also one of the best endings of but any. If so you said it has the best move ending of any movie on this list, you're probably right. That,
0: that could, ending's great. That could be the most viewed YouTube movie scene of the milkshake speech. It's a it, great. It's, oh, uh, it's you know, so great. The Watch mojo, like top 10 countdowns or whatever that's got to be on like 45 of their lists of like greatest scenes of all time and it's not in my opinion it's not my favorite scene is this number 12
1: okay this is my number 12 now all right michael clayton and i know this is higher on yours
0: abstain yeah
1: i know it now this is an ultimate because i'm so good at recommending movies to you (laughs) and you don't acknowledge
0: my greatness at this I will acknowledge only once Gabe is good at recommending movies. I'm I've so good at almost every movie you've ever You've
1: loved every movie I've recommended, which is why like my list of movies is the same list and we're slowly moving through it. And you're like, Oh my God. Like, oh. <laughs> Michael Clayton was one of the original. I watched this when I was in high school. I think Chris was in like eighth or ninth grade and I'm like, okay, you got to see this movie. And I sent you, like I Facebook messaged you, the opening Tom Wilkinson, which he did not win the Academy Award for this because of Javier Bardem given a performance of a lifetime. But he his opening monologue, I sent it to you on YouTube and you're like, what in God's name is this? It's
0: bizarre. At, Without context. Yeah. And I kind of regretted it. Because, oh, okay, it's so no, great. I should be abstaining.
1: So... Michael Clayton is um, one of the best Clooney performances. It probably is his best acting performance. It's not my favorite movie of his. It's, it's It should not be as good as it is. It, it should not be to the level that it is. And yet, because the plot isn't that creative, there's a lot of movies with similar types of plots, but it's the acting, It's the, the cinematography is great too, the way it's shot, and then an unbelievable supporting performances by Tilda Swinton, who did win Incredible. Best Act, Supporting Actress. Incredible. And then Wilkinson's amazing, too. Wilkinson's my he favorite character in the movie. Yeah. All right, you're number 12. Walk the Line. I knew you'd have this on yours. I like it. Not on my list.
0: I like it, too. Not on my list. Y'all know my take on this movie. I'll refer you back to the last podcast. Um, it's... A top five favorite movie of all time for me. Yeah, therefore it's ranked on. Un- I, and I will acknowledge, and I have before in conversations with both both of you, that I will acknowledge it. It doesn't deserve to be this high, but it's literally one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: Reese Witherspoon's best movie. I will she's, not say it's Walking Phoenix's best performance. So
0: good in it. She's so good in it, and she. I I think the the Oscar thing. Which really fucked up Joaquin Phoenix, I think, for a not, while. Not winning it. Yeah. I think it really screwed him up. But um I think that was that was correct. Reese Witherspoon deserved it. He not necessarily did. Um but yeah, it's an incredible movie. I actually have a twelve. All right, let's hear it. Um I have Castaway. We've already mentioned it. Okay. But Castaway, there it is.
1: Oh, that's it. Okay, very fair.
0: Excellent analysis. Yeah, that's it.
1: Love it. Um, I'm looking up really quick to see who Joaquin Phoenix lost to at this one for Best Actor. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman um, and Capote. I really want to see it. I've still never seen
0: it. That is a very weak Oscars year. Not a good movie, but it's the it's it's an incredible performance. He's
1: unbelievable. I mean, he's good in Along Came Polly. He's, good in, he's good in everything. He's good
0: in Lebowski. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, my number 11, Tropic Thunder.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> Upstate.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm glad we both have this so highly ranked. This is an all-time us movie. It's it's my It's probably my favorite comedy ever. It's this or Lebowski. I completely agree. And it destroys me every questions. time. It's a movie since like 2010 I've quoted playing video games.
0: <laughs> Survive.
1: I've made Survive. friendships over this movie. Like I have I have a couple friends I've I quote this with. I have a group message that we just it's called Flaming Dragon and it's not with you guys. <laughs> it's to me the most self-aware funniest movie any any of the Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, yada, yada, yada people ever put out... At
0: least out. you get to choose yours. Yeah,
1: oh, McConaughey <laughs> in this movie. I mean, our collaborative Spotify playlist is named It's the Pecker. Tugger Nuts. So if, if <laughs> you said, pecker. what's the most quotable comedy the last 20 years? It's Anchorman. Yeah. If it's for me personally, it's definitely, definitely Tropic Thunder.
0: I would say... Not Downey
1: Junior. got nominated for an Oscar for a comedy. In That's how good he, face.
0: yes. <laughs> That's how good it is. It's also
1: and low key, he looks 6'3 in this movie. He's like 5'5 yes. in real life.
0: <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, it, it, well, okay. I like I, Jack I Black's performance. He's, a, oh, he's
1: oh so funny. <laughs> oh, he's he's great. The There's jelly beans. So many. Danny Mc- early Danny McBride Mother Nature Mr. Batson. <laughs> he's knitting a sweater over here I could sit here and quote it all day I'm not going to um, Chris give me your 11
0: I'm very interested to know if this is on either of yours okay children of men abstain Ooh. haven't seen it. JP. Oh, that's going to go to the top JP, of your this list. Is, JP. I
1: don't care what else you haven't seen. This is number one on you have to watch it.
0: Yeah. Got so it. it. has to be, has to be the first on your list. Okay. I'm
1: going to massively abstain because I want to start talking about this movie and I'm not
0: going to. First off. Let's hear it. Awesome. Awesome performances. Um, Clive Owens, the man, Julianne Moore don't usually like her. She's good, but I do in this movie. Yes, Michael Caine's the shit. Um, Michael also, Caine's in this movie. Yeah,
1: is he just at the beginning?
0: Yeah. The okay. Beginning. Um. So the right. Okay, I'm gonna the writing and the direction of this movie. Who is it even directed I by? It,
1: I think it's Quaron. I think it was yeah, it's Quaron's first big movie.
0: Yeah yeah gravity which was dog shit and roma which i haven't seen don't want to but he's an incredible director i will acknowledge that yeah. the tracking shots in this movie are they're up there. i want to talk Gabe, about so them i'm there.
1: i'm i want to talk Folks, about them just not... they
0: are up there with and i'm not joking the copacabana scene some of them are as legendary as that
1: he does not make many movies. The only movies he's made since 06 are this, Gravity, and Roma. It's crazy.
0: Oof. I would also just, uh, which I'm going to guess that Gabe's going to touch on, the this movie is just a great example of Hollywood is not dead to people who are not um, of a certain political or... Uh, like they, there isn't just one worldview yeah. in movies. And if you look for it slightly in great art pieces like children of men, dude, this has one of the best messages of any movie of, of probably the last like fifty years. Because we are we are a very nihilistic culture and this movie is totally just saying that's really dumb.
1: All right, we're going to get into our top 10s oh, in just I a have, second. Uh... Well, you're going to wait, and we'll <laughs> be right back. And we're back. Um,
0: it was number 11, right?
1: Yep. And JP, you're about to participate in this hour and a half so far long conversation with us. I'm very <laughs> excited for it.
0: We're only at an hour and a half? Yeah. Nice. We're getting less long-winded. Yeah. All right. So at number eleven, spoke too soon. <laughs> number eleven, I had Born Ultimatum. I, JP, I regret allowing you to have a list. Continue. I think it's the best Born of the trilogy. Uh, I think it's one of the best uh, action thrillers out there. I think the fight scene with Dash is one of the best fight scenes in Born. Um. Yeah, I think it. Raises the stakes and it's white knuckle the whole the whole time for sure. So all right, let me. Do you give, guys not like it? Let me you give like you a tomato? take.
1: The Born series isn't good. Yeah, that's a take for you right there. And here's the thing: it's incorrect. I've read The Born Identity, the book. It's terrible. It's not actually good. It's not interesting. It's not entertaining. I started to read Born Supremacy, and the opening chapter was probably the worst opening chapter of a book I've ever read in my life. And I went to Providence and had to read, like be assigned like Christian rock of books every summer. So I know what bad writing is. It's
0: Jason.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so here's the thing.
0: I'm in the minority. Bad writing.
1: (laughs) I do not like the born
0: series. That's a fault. I have. I Continue. like I like the Born Identity. The rest of them are not good. That's all I had to say about it. Y'all are haters. All right,
1: great, <laughs> Chris. What's your eleven? I already did eleven.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah, it's your ten. All right, my
1: number ten. I think you'll be shocked. This is this low for me. This is the movie I told you. When I made this list originally a week or two ago, it, b- before I did this is the very rough draft. This was not on my list. I purposefully left this off because I remember like not liking this movie. Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. Abstain. Oh, JP. That's surprising. JP, yes. Okay. Now, Chris, they're have, have you even seen I've seen all three of them.
0: They're, they're not. It's one of the best okay. fantasy films of all time. He hasn't
1: actually seen them, but he's saying it because he knows he'll get pissed off. Now, continuing.
0: I want to be Aragorn. Okay?
1: I... <laughs> Return of the King was nominated for 13 Academy Awards, 111. That's unbelievable
0: not one was for an actor yeah not they had one (laughs) acting nomination
1: it was ian mckellen in the first one which he should have won but so the problem is return of the king got awards because the series is one of the greatest trilogies if not the best ever made and that's why like two towers got very few nominations comparatively even though it's a much better movie because they just gave return of the king all the awards the series deserved so I went into it that mindset and I started rewatching a lot of it this week. And there's some individual scenes in that movie that I'm like, this is some of the best cinema that's ever been made. Like you get <laughs> so pumped and so hyped for it. And just to let you know, I'm going to be talking more about Lord <laughs> of the Rings in the next half hour. So you
0: did not combine them. No. I and that's the difference. The so, and
1: one of our non-canon discussions when we did best movies since the 2000. I was very, very cheap and I couldn't figure out what I wanted to be my my number one movie. So I just combined the Lord of the Rings trilogy because it's just one story into one movie. And so that's my number one, which is far and away my number one. But that's not really fair because it's not one movie. So I decided to just do no cheating this time. Return of the King, critically considered the best one. Oscars wise, it is not at all the best one. But there are some incredible moments in this movie that just are hair raising and spine tingling. And the big problem with it, it is 45 minutes too long. This is the longest ending of like maybe any movie ever. <laughs> and you're so hyped up for like the first two hours of this movie. And then like, you're like hearts racing and then it just slows down immensely. And you're like, yeah, I don't think I can sit through this. Like this is, oh, can it just end so I can go home and like fight someone? <laughs> all right. You know, Lord of the Rings makes you want to fight people. All right, Chris, you're number 10.
0: Tropic Thunder.
1: All right, let's hear it.
0: Oh, yeah. By far the best comedy of the 2000s.
1: I don't hate that take at all.
0: Um, I agree with it. The like it's a comedy, but it's also just a good it's a good war movie.
1: I'm <laughs> not going to go that far.
0: <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, I like, I want to see Tropic Thunder, the movie they made. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Like really, they should just make that.
1: Well, they're just making platoon. They're like yeah, remaking. That's the platoon. Joke. Yeah.
0: yeah. But no, I mean, it, it's a, it's a comedy elevated by its cast. Of, we had
1: these very close. Mine was 11 years. was 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's a,
0: it's, it, it's a comedy. I would compare it to very different sort of comedy, but it's complicated where it's just a run of the mill comedy. But it's elevated by how just good all of the cast is in the movie.
1: I don't think this is run of the mill. I think Justin Theroux wrote this, right? It's it's so well written.
0: It's, it is well written. It's,
1: it's, it's at a higher level than your average comedy. I get what yeah, you're saying. Just, I'm not sure I agree.
0: Oh, wow. Actually.
1: Stiller wrote some of it too.
0: Yeah. And then.
1: Also Tom Cruise wrote his entire character.
0: Yeah, so Tom Cruise,
1: <laughs> the greatest cameo is it the greatest in movie cameo history. In, ever? I think it is. JP.
0: I don't know if y'all if you pe- people your age would realize we did not know Tom Cruise was in there. This movie. They
1: did not advertise yeah. Tom Cruise in oh, Tropic really? Thunder and we, we and did not re- know. reviewers were specifically told you cannot say Tom Cruise is in this movie.
0: We did not know and many people
1: didn't know it was him underneath the makeup. This is
0: this is one of the most legendary, like massive marketing campaigns for comedy. Like everyone was like, What the fuck is the studio doing spinning and it like they created actual websites, trailers, and full-on marketing materials for all of the fake movies mentioned in it. And people were, like, seeing them and being like, is Jack Black really making a movie called The Fart? That's ba- Fatties. <laughs> the Fatties. <laughs> About the the farts. Fatties fart, too. <laughs> I was
1: cracking up the other day when I just get a random text from your brother that says, man, I really would have liked to see The Fatties. <laughs> Satan's Alley, I'm sure, is pretty good, Satan's too.
0: Alley would be an Oscar contender. It would have it would have been the Brokeback Mountain of yeah. back then. Now, but... Our, can we talk about RDJ in this movie? Yeah, but let's speed it up. Is it his best performance? Uh,
1: I can't I can't say that it is because it's so insane. I think it beats <laughs> Tony Stark. I cannot say it is, but it's like no one else has the balls to do that. No, And he got away with it. He got because y- he it, did. because he's not making fun of black no. people, he's making fun of actors. Exactly. He's making he's making fun of Australians more than black people.
0: He's making fun of Russell Crowe because
1: he is he <laughs> is completely lectured during the movie and realizes he is wrong yes. and it is horrible what he has done. <laughs> yeah. All right, continuing. JP, you're number ten.
0: Inglorious Bastards.
1: That is a great pick. Not on my list though. Abstain. Yeah. Abstain. Okay. You're an idiot. Yeah. I'm I, okay. Here's the thing. A lot of people say this is Tarantino's masterpiece. It is. I've always really liked it, but I have never loved it. So it's it's in like my top forty, but it'd make the cut in the top twenty-five.
0: I uh here JP. I think it's Christoph Waltz's best performance. Uh what was oh, that? I know that. That? I, kn- I knew nope. you would put that bullshit. Quiet down. It's not even close to his best. Just go. Just go ahead. Okay. Well, yeah, those are, but I think Inglorious Bastards probably is my favorite from him. Okay. Uh, Just because I love war movies. Christoph Waltz, probably his best performance. The milk scene is probably one of the most intense scenes I've ever seen before. Um, I like the rewriting history at the end. I think that's cool. I did not expect how evil Christoph Waltz was going to be when he lunged at uh, Von Hammerschmark or whatever and choked her to death thought that was insane. And then the Gorlami thing that had me dead, too. Um, See, gorlami. <laughs> that's that's my
1: least favorite part of the movie. And I really it, like Brad did Pitt. Did the
0: Coco. The I, Coco. <laughs> he has his hand, too. Yeah. I really like Brad Pitt. I don't like Brad Pitt at all in this movie. You know, that's... uh. Well, I should abstain.
1: Just abstain. Respond to me later if you can. All right, my number nine. I know this is on your list, Chris JP. I'm assuming it's on yours. No Country for Old Men.
0: Abstain. Unbelievable! It's ranked this low.
1: It's in my top ten of a decade.
0: Unbelievable! Wow, wow! You have some bullshit Lord of the Rings movie ranked ahead of this. <laughs> Don't
1: you? <laughs> but you, you're a cute, you're you're like you like. You like to eat fruit when you could have bought veggies. And it's like, okay. <laughs> you know. Now, um, no country for old men. I knew you two would abstain. This is a fantastic movie. It's it's my favorite actiony Cohen Brothers. It's my favorite not quirky Cohen Brothers.
0: There it's, are two. You're correct in dividing
1: Yeah. These. And I love the vibe of this movie. I think a lot of t- recent TV shows buy into this vibe this is a true detective ish vibe this is a very hbo vibe too but it's on film and there is a problem with it which i'm going to get into all the acting is incredible you're going to say in your time you love the Tommy lee jones performance i don't i don't think it's a great character but it's an awesome movie it's intense but the difference between this which one best picture over there will be blood <laughs> This is a rewatchable movie. Big time. And there will be blood is not. And this is just as intense, but it's not as wrenching, I guess.
0: Which is so odd. This is stepping on on my time with it, but which is so odd because of how disturbing.
1: Oh yeah. Well, one of the great uh, things from in the 07 has this is off the top of my head, the movie's 07 has no Country for Old Men, which wins Best Picture. There Will Be Blood. Michael Clayton. Um, Gone Baby Gone. I think Atonement's that year. There's like three or four other like really big, great movies that are... 07 is such was an this incredible... When,
0: was this when they decided... I know this year are you saying and, the increase the best picture no this year and the following year they were like we gotta increase No,
1: there's here. a reason why and i'm gonna go into it it is not this year though but there is a specific oh
0: i think it's the next year
1: zodiac is this year as well wow yeah
0: that is stacked. i know i was Good missing year. one
1: all right so no country for old men is my number nine um go ahead you're number nine chris
0: michael clayton
1: all right. Let's hear it. I already did my t- piece right up. my Have you
0: alley. seen Michael Clayton, JP? No, you'd love it.
1: Very good movie. Right up my yeah. alley.
0: Legal thriller.
1: It's probably the Great best legal acting. thriller of the past 20 years. And it's very underappreciated popular wise, not critically, but popularity it
0: is the best legal thriller of the two thousands. Yeah. Um, Cause I was doing math in my head and I realized, wait, we're in 2020. So yeah. I can still say that years, and maybe. include all of the Harrison Ford films. But, <laughs> uh, so what you were saying during your time was what made Michael Clayton better than other, the other 45 movies that I can think of off the top of my head that are exactly like the it. supporting performances. It's the
1: performances. Yeah. The plot's not special. No. I've seen that plot in like five or
0: six movies. It's literally the plot of every legal thriller. Corporation cover-up. Made, made since the 80s. Yep. It's it's not that far off from the other guys. <laughs> like <laughs> No, that's like, a good point. <laughs> you know,
1: like there's, it's a basic plot where they say, let's make some really strong characters with great actors doing their
0: best performances of their career. Yep. I completely agree. But, uh, like, uh, the the most perfect example of it is what you your favorite character, um, Wilkinson. So Tom Wilkinson done poorly could be one of the least believable, dumbest things I've ever seen. It in a hinges movie. on his
1: performance in this movie,
0: which is such the movie does su- not work without him. Which is why it's so impressive that it was pulled off, and that everyone was just down like and
1: the ultimate scene with him too is i was in complete and utter shock when that happens
0: oh yeah and the the opening scene
1: when you were saying like cuz he does some shocking shit in this movie and
0: <laughs> the stuff you see at the beginning is not what i was shocked by with the him. the opening the opening let me just lay this down for for people who haven't seen it jp the opening dialogue and scene for like 10 minutes is just r- nuts rambling.
1: 250 words a minute, him rambling. That
0: you, you have no fucking clue no what context. the hell he's talking about, and you're also watching events take place that have no connection to it. And you're like you're just
1: listening to this voiceover of a crazy guy ranting. You're like,
0: is what's important, what the fuck? And then you realize this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: Kind of a shitty lawyer.
0: Michael Clayton or Tom Wilkinson?
1: Tom Wilkinson. Because he's fighting against his client.
0: Well, yeah,
1: he, he's disbarred. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely not worth the 800 an hour. Can I
0: spoiler alert? No, because okay. JP is going to watch this. Well, let's just say the disbarment <laughs> is unnecessary.
1: All right. Um, JP, you're number nine.
0: My number nine.
1: Return of the King. All right, let's hear your take because we know it's not on Chris's list. Uh, I think it's, I love that you have this because I didn't even know you liked this series.
0: Uh, I think it's my favorite of the trilogy. Um, obviously the uh, awards speak for itself. Um, yeah, I guess they probably gave it to him just for the trilogy's sake. They did. Is that what it was? Yeah, but it was uh, getting eleven was, out of thirteen was, awards. Yeah. It was why Scorsese won for Departed, man. Yeah. Like, it was a lifetime achievement. hmm But, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it. That's all I really got to say.
1: All right. Uh, my number eight, Ocean's Eleven.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's high.
1: Chris, you don't know how close Ocean's Twelve and Thirteen were getting onto this list.
0: Dude, I love all of
1: them. I I still haven't seen Ocean's Eight. I've heard it's...
0: I've heard it's not Ghostbusters. Okay, but a
1: disappointment. But Anne Hathaway is great in it. The vibe of this movie is my favorite vibe of maybe any movie ever. It's the perfect line between know-it-all artsy, but very self-aware. And it's so funny, even though it's not really a comedy. I never saw the original. The casting is perfect, with the exception of Don Cheadle. And like you said, people that you normally don't necessarily like, like. Julie Roberts, who I like fine. Oh, she's great in this. She's so good. You know, but Matt Damon playing completely against type.
0: I loved it. Oh, he's people, so good. People don't like him in this movie. And I think it's one of his better. I, it's one of my favorite Matt Damon like characters.
1: Oh, yeah. Because Linus it's, Caldwell. It's, man. Yeah.
0: It's just so weird to see him uncomfortable.
1: It's the way everyone vibes together. I just love it. I, I keep, this is a vibe movie. It's a Vegas movie. It's one of the most rewatchable films ever made. And it's like, I watched it when I was like 16. And I'm like, Oh, I love it. I also, I rented it from the library once and said to my mom, Hey, you'd probably like this movie. And she said, Oh my God, that movie was incredible. And I said, well, guess what? There's two more. And she said, what? And I went to the library the same day and ran oceans, 12 and 13 for her. And it's it's a movie anyone can watch and love and appreciate. All right, your number uh, your number eight. I think we're at
0: Inglorious Bastards.
1: Let's hear it. Very oh, yeah. good movie.
0: By far, Tarantino's best. It's his masterpiece. Um, he
1: says it's his masterpiece. In the movie,
0: it is. Yeah, it is by far. Um, I will divide against JP. I don't like that. Uh, I don't like the device that he uses in a lot of movies. And alternate re- history re- and the alternate history stuff is distracting. See, I loved it in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did, I did not, not like, not it, in like this. it in Glorious Bastards. It detracted from the whole movie. I thought it took away from yeah. it in this movie too, because the whole movie has a very depressing, horrible tone. Like the, it's extremely entertaining and funny, and you realize this is depressing that I'm laughing at this. And the whole point of the movie is to make you go, wow, that was like disturbing. And the end, it makes you they're exacting revenge on Nazis. And then the end is, oh, no, they're actually just going to shoot Hitler like a billion times. And like, should you feel should that feel cathartic or should it not? And the whole vibe of the movie should be no actually they do all this shit and it's for nothing because Hitler still killed, you know, whatever. But then with the understatement of, you know, well, they eventually won. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, maybe two of Tarantino, one of his two top scenes ever are in that movie. The milk scene, the, m- the and milk the bar scene, scene. scene, the milk scene, the bar, yeah, bar scene with Fassbender. The bar scene is the best. Yeah. So the bar scene. I'm not exaggerating is the best scene of 2000 to 2009.
1: I mean, I'm not disagreeing with your that. take. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I ag- don't, I don't agree with in my opinion, but I'm not going to say your take is wrong. It's
0: acting, directing, right, written wise, incredible. It's also
1: at the time, Christoph Waltz,
0: unknown, un- unknown, to unknown,
1: the world. and then unbelievable, and it's a well-deserved Oscar. I bring up an Oscar like every other movie, just because I looked at them yesterday and I memorized them. Because so are you about
0: to say he didn't deserve it for Jenga?
1: No, um, because that performance is great. But then you watch Spectre and you realize, oh, he actually doesn't have any range at all. He just has this one character, which is incredible. But he has to play him every movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know if
0: I agree with. I'd have well, to. I'd have to think more about that. But hatefully he, he plays a. Different type. I of saw him I in,
1: in in Tarzan.
0: Oh, yeah. And Tarzan is bad, though.
1: It's I liked it, but I'm not going to say it's good. It's not a good movie. Dude. And it's basically like Christoph Waltz toned it down yeah. from a 10 to a 7. It's like, you probably should have left it up at 10. He chokes Hans... people out with a rosary. Several yeah. times he murders people with a rosary in that movie.
0: Jeez. Damn. Hans Landa. Is a legendary villain, probably maybe a top 10 cinematic villain. I don't rivals, think that's a cra- r- I don't Rivals, Ray Finds.
1: And Amon Goth and Schindler, Schindler's yes. List, is that we're saying. And
0: Ray Finds, that just an aside, is probably the biggest Oscar snub, maybe of all time, other than Al Pacino and Godfather 2.
1: Mm. You're not a crazy take. All right, JP, you're number eight. Casino Royale. Very quick, let's hear it. Uh,
0: the Cause, best because chase... we're gonna talk about this in several different sections. Yeah, the best <laughs> chase scene. Uh, best chase scene I've ever seen in a movie, which was uh, that wasn't the opening, was it? It, the, it was not it was the opening, but it's close, the first though. after the theme song. Also, scene. the opening of that movie when he kills. Trevlin and that messenger, whatever in the bathroom. He doesn't kill Trevlin. Or is it not Trevlin? It's whatever not it's Sean. Bean. Just a random guy. <laughs> uh the Czech dude, he whatever the hell dude, his name is. I don't know. Your contact. Uh that opening for Craig to start his Bond career off. Incredible. Um, love interest, Vespa, right? Uh, Vesper. Vesper. I uh, thought that was great. LaSheif was great. Le um and I think that ending was great too. I'd say.
1: Okay. My number seven, Incredibles.
0: Incredibles, yeah. wow.
1: This is my only Pretty animated high. movie on this list, I think. And I could have had it higher. I don't hate I don't hate to take. I could that's shocking. But I could have had it higher. This is to me still in my, even with the superhero explosion since the MCU came out and th- then DC tried to do their thing. This is to me still in the top three superhero movies ever made. This is one of the best, if not the best animated films ever. I still think it's up there. Uh, maybe it was, in, it's Incredibles too. I'm thinking of that's the highest grossing in animated movie ever. I, it's, I can't remember. It, anyways, because Lion King's not considered animated, but, The Incredibles
0: is such a cool story that I would have watched a live action version of this. I've always thought that if it was a live action, it could have been like a like one of the best movies. And the voice
1: acting is so good with each character, and it has some of the best um, characters of any Pixar movie. Do you know who voiced Edna Mode? No. The director, Brad Bird.
0: Really? Yes,
1: that's him doing the voice. Edna. Mode and guest. <laughs> um, I saw this in theaters when I was like fourteen or fifteen, and I and, and this is this is what I'm saying. I'm not gonna sit here and watch. I keep saying Brave because Brave's like an okay Pixar movie. I'm not gonna pull up Brave and watch it on Disney Plus. But would I pull up Incredibles one night and watch it by myself? 100% yes. Incredibles is one of the best plots. I love self-aware plots. Like they understand superheroes, they understand storytelling, and they understand um like character development. It's it's almost too good to be an animated movie, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Well, that's
0: that's why I faulted it because I've
1: but, but I, I love the, the, the fact that and you took Finding Nemo over it. I don't blame you because that's probably my second favorite Pixar.
0: I, I knew I would either. I knew I would not put two of those movies, two picks, uh, two cartoons on this. So I was like, I'm going to pick one between them. And I went with Finding Nemo.
1: All right, Crystal, to your seven.
0: Dark Knight. Abstain. Abstain. <laughs> I'm wondering how far... Can oh, we wait to that. talk about? Yeah, this
1: one? let's get to the point where we now just go with whoever has it yeah. the highest because we're running out of time. We're I at agree. the two-hour mark almost. I agree. All right. So Chris's seven was seven? Dark Knight. JP, what's your seven? Zodiac. Ooh. Okay. Let's hear your take. I already did mine. Not on Chris's RDJ, list. R. D. J. Chris's twenty-five. It's
0: belatedly. my twenty-five. All right. R. D. J. Come back. Wait. You. You replaced it. Yeah. 25? He.
1: He. He took something out. Oh. Lord of the Rings. You.
0: Um, I didn't take Lord of the Rings out. Would I you took take a, Avatar out. Another movie I love. Oh, yeah. Fast. All right. Uh, JP. RDJ, Comeback. I think it's the first movie I've ever seen him in, maybe. You never uh, saw
1: a U.S. Marshall? Oh, ball? wait,
0: no. Uh, that old Ronnie Duties. Dangerfield movie. Back to School. Back to School. <laughs> my dad, it's one of my dad's favorite a Mike movies. Mike Lynch classic? Um... Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm a huge Jake Gyllenhaal guy. I think he's good in everything he does. I like anything he does, so I'm a little biased. Even though I've never seen End of Watch. You haven't seen End of <laughs> no. Watch? Are we doing Jake Gyllenhaal really quick? Do we have time? Yeah,
1: we have We have the time. We have time before it cuts off.
0: He's the best actor of his generation. You're not going to say a generational actor, are you? He's a generational actor. <laughs> He's a once in a lifetime. He's he's, he's the great. Tom Brady of the young people. And here's Hollywood. the thing:
1: I don't think he's found his role yet. His, his not even close. I don't think. And and I dude, think he, he has. We listed them the other night. I think he has four or five A minus performances, and I think he's waiting for his A plus. I agree. And he's got to find the director that's going to give it to he him. He was
0: in he was in Brokeback Mountain when he was like twenty four. Here's the thing. And that's like known as his best. Maybe
1: it is Brokeback it. Mountain because I'm not willing to watch it because I'm a Republican. <laughs> exactly. And I'm just, maybe I'm the asshole here.
0: Maybe he has had it. No, but that's, I, I maybe Ang Lee is the director. I completely agree with your take that he needs, he needs something written for him like Leo, Leo has.
1: It's, it's, it's going to happen. It yeah. will. Moving on. All right, so we're going to stop there, and we will be right back with our hopefully final half hour. And we're back to back portion. We're on number six. Gabe, take it away. All right, my number six, and you got a hint of it earlier when Chris was angry with me. Kill Bill Volume One. Now, if yes, you, <laughs> if you take both Kill Bills together. I don't know that I'm actually ranking them higher. So
0: are you, so you're dividing them.
1: I'm dividing them. I like kill kill bill. Volume two is not on my list. I like kill bill volume two a lot. Volume one though. Should they be combined? Yes. hundred percent. If they're combined, he's winning an unbelievable amount of Oscars for them. The problem is it's a five hour movie. And the question is, if you cut it down to a three hour movie, do you lose what makes it so special? And you might. Did you pick volume one or volume one? Yeah far and away I pick volume one um, because it has my favorite Tarantino scene ever. And it's the bride in Japan mm-hmm. fighting the gang and then fighting Lucy Liu. It's, I mean, this movie has an eight minute anime stretch in it. <laughs> that's great. You know, um, this is, this is the first Tarantino movie I ever saw. Um, I never saw any of the early Tarantino movie growing up, like Pulp Fiction and stuff. I never saw any of that. And, um, it's maybe the best female performance of the last 20 years by Uma Thurman. And I've never seen someone be so badass yet so vulnerable, male or female. She might be the best action hero in these movies of the past 20 years. And the action 100% holds up 15 years later. How do I know this? Because I watch it 15 times a week. <laughs> I can spell the name. Have you ever heard the name Oreni Because that's the name of Lucy Liu's character in this movie. And I type it into YouTube every week to watch the <laughs> fight scene between her and Numa Thurman. <laughs> okay. Um, it's my favorite sword fight in any movie ever. And I've watched a lot of movies with sword fights. Okay. It's also. Kill it feels great. But. I love yeah, the over the top. Movie. So everything movie. I just described to you. Everything I just described to you add in Quentin Tarantino script dialogue and direction. So I just described a really cool movie to you. And then we add in the Tarantino aspect to you. It's my favorite movie of his ever. And I like most of his movies that come out, but it's far and away. And I feel like it's so underappreciated too, because everyone says Inglorious Bastards, everyone says Pulp Fiction, um, and now people are saying once upon a time in Hollywood, this to me is still his number one ever.
0: I, all I have to say about Kill Bill is that it deserves a rewatch from me. Yeah, 100%. I, I have not seen it in years, and I don't think I gave it the credit that it deserved originally, but also I doubt it's going to be an Glorious Bastard for me.
1: Well, that, that's fine. That's fair. What it also needs to do, which would never happen with Tarantino this is the definition of they could have, instead of shortening it to one movie, it's about five hours long. If you combine the two expand another hour and a half, you have a six, seven episode, mini series on HBO. He, he Incredible. said
0: he's open to that.
1: If, if this, if he had done something like this, it's, it's like up there with the best TV since 2000. It's yeah. that would have been the perfect medium for it. It came out about 10 years too early for that though. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, you're number six. Mystic River. Great choice. Epstain. You're welcome. Stain? Hey, wow. Hey, hey, both of you, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah,
0: thank you. <laughs> thank you, Gabe, for the suggestion. Yeah, because I, I recommend you the together. best movies because
1: I know your taste.
0: <laughs> so let me just run this down.
1: Wait, I thought we were saying we we're going to wait.
0: Oh, we should wait. Yeah, if let's wait. We'll just yeah. wait
1: from now on to make it a little shorter. <clears throat> All right, JP, what is your number My six? My number
0: six, Donnie Darko. Good movie good mo- so you have multiple Jake Gyllenhaal's
1: mm-hmm. okay you're a Jake Gyllenhaal fan
0: yeah jilly i love before
1: <laughs> you start this is the opposite of types of movies that i like continue
0: i like see, these are it. the type types of movies i like
1: okay college freshman um, continue that
0: is as you will see <laughs> later just on just in, in my list my that was it. that is a it is a very college movie <laughs> oh yeah um but I just like uh, movies like that that keep you guessing the whole time. I didn't know whether there's a parallel universe or mental illness or what, but um, I think it's his first big breakout role.
1: Was no, Donnie Darko? I or? think he was in something when he was like 10 or 12, and then he was in October Sky, which was around the same time. Um, I but think he was in
0: something really early because his, his dad was it, a director. It was his first massive movie. I think Okay, never uh, mind. Nightcrawler is probably his best, but Donnie Darko is my favorite. Nightcrawler is a weird but good movie. Donnie Darko is my favorite by him, so that's why I have it so high. Gabe is correct that October Sky came out before this.
1: Yeah, I saw October Sky in
0: theaters. Oh, really? Yeah. I, we always saw this. We or, Well, it's I was not old enough but like yeah we watched this in october sky in school
1: i why do i remem- remember this because Loki, my mom covered my ears during the cussing
0: how about how about him being in city slickers who yeah the, i'm looking at that too who the hell is he is he like he's a playing little a kid boy in his city dad slickers? was like a
1: director producer that's oh, why he really? probably got those early roles yeah I think his dad is actually still, he was one of the main directors on Billions or something like that. This Maggie
0: Gyllenhaal is also in Donnie Darko. That's so a it shame. it is a family. Uh, do you not like her?
1: She's no. the lesser of the two of the Gyllenhaals. <laughs> She's the lesser of the two. That's being like, oh, who do you like more, Alec or Stephen Baldwin? Well. <laughs> all right. Stephen.
0: <laughs>
1: My number five. Children of Men. Okay. JP. I, okay. So we've done a great quarantine watch, the three of us. So we've watched since the whole COVID-19 started, we've been like, you know what? Let's do a movie night. And we realized after our last one that we've actually done a great job on picking up movies. Here's our list so far. We watched Blade Runner 2049, which was awesome. We watched You're welcome. Mi- yeah. <laughs> I accept it. We watched Mystic River, which was awesome. Thank you. We watched Knives Out, which was awesome. And um, we watched Prisoners, which was also awesome. So we're four for four on movies. I'm going to say right here, live for the American people to hear, for the three people that made it this far into the podcast, what up, Spencer, (laughs) that the next movie we watch is Children of Men, especially if you haven't seen it, J.P. I know. Children of Men
0: is. I've seen it literally once, and I ranked it number eleven. Wow! Wow! Never rewatched it.
1: It's it's my favorite Clive Owen movie. It's the the the, oh. (laughs) Here's the thing: you could sum up your favorite Clive Owen. (laughs) You could sum up this to me right now by just giving me a one sentence description. I'm in. JP, let me give you a description of it. All right. One sentence. The youngest person on earth is 18 years old.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty crazy. That's interesting, right? Yeah. There hasn't been a
1: baby in 18 years. All right? So it's a world that's gone kind of, you know, ap- uh, apocalyptic because of that. And then it's directed by this guy, Quaron who has you know, never really made many big besides the Harry Potter movie, English movies before. And he's got a different style and you notice, and I I've seen this movie probably four or five times. I didn't notice till my second or third time. I was like, why do I like the scene so much? I'm like, and I rewound. I'm like, they didn't cut for the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's the first movie I ever saw that had extended scenes without cuts. And they do it at several different points through the movie And now it's a way more common thing. And we saw 1917 that did this for basically the whole two hours with a couple quick cuts in there. But what you see with children of men is even though they were one of the first people to to do it 15 years ago, it still might be the best ever besides what you said earlier, the good fellas. That's still Cabana is still the best, but the three or four scenes in children of men that are
0: extended cuts are up there. It's it jp it created like so Cop- everyone started the doing, Copa doing it, it after Cabana that scene
1: no one was doing it after copacabana they didn't start doing it after Goodfellas. everyone
0: was nervous to do it and spielberg did it a couple times and it like was not it wasn't that like an important part of the movies and some of his stuff and then in children of men it's like key like goodfellas it's like okay here's we're going to describe every character in the film. It took by, me, by doing this. It took these, these foreign directors. Men? It took yeah. the,
1: like the guy that made Old Boy. It took Quaron. It took these guys that didn't, it's not that like they didn't respect Scorsese, but it took the guys that are like, we're doing our own thing. Like, we don't have to follow in the footsteps of someone. We can make it our own. Exactly. All right, Chris, what's your number five?
0: Number five. I fucking love this movie. Memento.
1: Yeah, I knew this is going to be high on your list and I like this movie. For me, I've seen it. Oh.
0: Sorry. It's at the top of your rewatch. I know it is. Your er, yeah. watch list.
1: Okay, so Chris, do not spoil it for him cuz this is a super spoiling movie. It's
0: going to Yeah, I was about to say it's I don't even know really, if you want to go into yeah, the plot. to be very tough to talk about Do not talk spoiler. about the plot
1: device either cuz it's a very I've never seen a movie like it. I've only seen it once and it's very good. Not on my list. Continue.
0: Um, it's Christopher Nolan's best movie, other than Dunkirk.
1: I don't agree, but continue. But I'm like arguing, like it's still a great movie.
0: Guy Pierce, right? Yeah, Guy I Pearce. love Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is awesome in it. Is that Norrin in it too? Or no? no. Joe Pantoliano yeah, in it, and um, Carrie Ann Moss. There's not really like characters in it very many characters in it. it's
1: about it it, okay two people really it was nolan's first movie he made a short film called following which was which is really good good. and then this was his first feature length full-on theater big budget movie and people didn't know so now nolan's probably the only maybe spielberg but nolan's probably the only director where people are like like this summer a nolan movies no tarantino's still like this but it's like a Nolan movies coming out. Let's go see it in theaters. Yeah. This was a Nolan movie before people knew about some, Nolan movies.
0: There's some mystique to it. He's never had a normal movie to it.
1: He's never had a just straightforward. Oh, here's a biopic. No, he's yeah. creative.
0: Like Scorsese made like even, even Spielberg, Scorsese, Spielberg, like <laughs> fucking Coppola. Uh, JP, you'd love memento. Yeah, it, know. it's by far Christopher Nolan's best movie. It's better than uh, Dark Knight. Um, viewing the Dark Knight trilogy as a whole. Possibly puts it on even footing as Memento, but
1: this is you got to know this is an opinion that Chris has and most people do not no, share. Yeah,
0: this is not a pop. I, I'm that what Memento. Is that great?
1: No, 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 Memento no, is this good, but most it's people not, think that it's people, very good. It's Dark
0: Knight, most people rank Dark Knight way up, but in my opinion, it goes Dunkirk, Memento, Dark Knight. I'm
1: surprised you have those over Interstellar.
0: Interstellar is also one of my favorite movies, but also, yeah, all of his movies.
1: Yeah, I love movies. Nolan. I'm so stoked so for Memento, Tenet. It's
0: gonna. It, JP, oh, oh my god, I can't wait! Oh, I can't wait. JP Memento. I really can't talk about it without spoiling. Yes, let's so, move on. So watch it. All right, that's fair enough. All right, JP, what number is your five? number five? Dark Knight. Let's wait. Wow. Oh, yeah. shit.
1: Okay, my number four, Casino Royale.
0: Wow, it's up there. Yeah. Yeah, I Gabe actually figured yeah I love it too
1: this was my favorite movie for years this is yeah. my favorite movie from the day I saw it in theaters for about eight or nine years is it the best closing to a bond film? yes 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 thank you it is and it was my favorite
0: it has okay no so it has the best opening and the best closing yeah. of a bond film yeah yeah it's and it's, I'm still ranking it below thunderball and goldfinger I'm not. <laughs> it's the best Bond. It's man. the best
1: Bond movie. It has, okay, favorite movies. It's my number three ish favorite movie ever.
0: It's, it's got everything. It's a great Bond. How many movie. times did you see it in theaters?
1: I saw it once in theaters. Since thirty five, I can quote every dial. We can watch the movie on mute. and I'll give you the dialogue. <laughs> I'll do accents. I'll do what I got to do. You're home alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can I can take care of it for you. Casino Royale there was a lot riding on this movie because Pierce Brosnan had World is Not Enough which I like. It's good. was not well received. It's good. Die Another Day, terrible movie and people are like Bond's outdone it. They they don't know. It's over. And it's over for Bond. And the Daniel Craig ca- casting which in retrospect saved the franchise. Dude. Two, billions, there was, there was two, a billion dollar casting.
0: Two years of the entire globe being like, this is going to be awful. Because he's I blonde. I don't get it.
1: That was the only reason. Yeah. The only criticism was that he was blonde.
0: I saw Lair Cake after I saw Casino Royale, but that movie alone assured me that opening he could be a great Bond. The opening scene
1: in black and white of Casino Royale is the best opening to a Bond, in my opinion. The Opening artwork and theme song is my favorite theme song artwork combination. Yeah. And it's my personal favorite Bond song. I'm not going to say it's the best, but it's my personal favorite. It's up there for me. And far and away, Evergreen is the best Bond girl ever. Character written wise, she's up there and looks, but acting. And the way the dialogue between the two and the connection Daniel Craig and her have is unbelievable. Like if you told me they were actually married in real life, I would have believed you.
0: Are we going full in on on this conversation? The fact that just that that changed Bond because it's a completely changed the first fully formed female character in Bond
1: and it and it. I'm I'm concerned now what's going to happen with Bond because my ultimate Bond was I want Idris Elba to be cast as him yes. and now he's too
0: old. Yeah, so we don't know what's going to happen now, but and I think they they were I think it there was enough public demand on that that if Craig didn't come back for the fifth, this it would, would be the Idris Elba it Bond been right Idris now. Alba, I
1: agree. Yeah. Now he's too old, but I hundred percent agree. Hope it's like Henry Cavill or someone. But what we're going to see the
0: Silian Murphy, man. He'd I want, be, him, he'd, he'd be I want great. him to gain fifty pounds of muscle. He doesn't
1: have a desire to. He wants to like be he wants to on be Christopher Nolan. No, he wants is. to be on stage in Belfast, earning sixteen dollars a night. That's what he wants to do. Make Peaky Blinders every two years. <laughs> Sounds like an Irishman. He Casino Royale. <laughs> the one caveat with it is the poker scenes, although they are incredibly well acted and shot. For me, who doesn't even have that much of a knowledge of poker, I'm like, okay, well, this is clearly bullshit. But they're still great scenes. <laughs> But it's like when you watch Rocky Three, and you're like, "Well, that's not boxing. You're just winging your arms around." Well, that's the that, equivalent of what they're doing. Isn't that why it's good? Because it's Bond. Well, this is the thing: is like and the people
0: just somehow win.
1: Well, no. People criticize the poker scenes in Casino Royale. It's like, yeah, but you didn't, you know, criticize the exploding pen in half yeah. the Bond movies. So
0: he's cheating, right?
1: No, he's not cheating. No, it's just but like if you it's think stupid. About it,
0: like he's cheating.
1: It's like the the but odds of them getting the those lens, hands. If you it's put
0: on the lens of he's cheating then then because the cia i mean which am six is, M- cia mi6 and a fucking criminal organization are all playing this everyone's cheating assume everyone's cheating then like on the off chance that everyone's cheating then he might actually get those hands you know
1: i'll have to rewatch for the 36th time chris what's your number four
0: American Psycho. Okay. Abstain.
1: Ooh,
0: JP. JP Is this a movie you introduced to him? Three of my biggest takes were waiting for JP on. Okay. Which are Mystic River and American Psycho.
1: Oh, neither of y'all have said Mystic
0: River. No, I said Mystic River.
1: What did you say Mystic River number? Six. Oh, wow. Okay, JP, what's your number three?
0: Or my number four. Whatever, I don't care. No country for old men.
1: All right. Chris, have you said it yet? Abstain. Oh. <laughs> okay, so let's go to me. Number three. The Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers. <laughs> oh God. All right. See, see, you're you're <laughs> acting
0: like I'm the dumb one. I I uh, no. I I feel like this whole time I, I haven't done it justice. I acknowledge it's good, it's great. Peter Jackson's the man. Rudy's awesome.
1: Let me put it this Talk way. Fuck everything
0: else about the it. The
1: best... If you're Okay, so let's take out guns. Let's take out guns out of the equation. The best battle scene ever shot is still the battle scene of Two Towers, Helm's Deep, which is the last 40 minutes of the movie. It is... And it's not actually close. And... The movie's great... Every single character is well acted and it's just a straight continue. It's a literal continuation at the time. It's the best CGI ever done. And you got to consider like now it's like very clear, like they have this CGI character Gollum who is, you know, it's kind of jarring to watch now, but at the time this was filmed in 99. The CGI is done like 2000. It comes out in 2002 at the time. That's a that's a human being on the screen. Like people have never seen anything like it before the Andy Circus mocap. It's the best action of any fantasy movie ever and of any non-bullet movie.
0: If you get what I mean, <laughs> movies that
1: don't have guns, you know? And it's also um it I don't know if it is, but it feels like the shortest of the three movies. It's a solid 3 hours. Why do I know this? Because I watched it for two hours last night trying to fall asleep. <laughs> and I got up to the battle scene. And it's my favorite uh, Viggo Mortensen performance. And he is, number one, an incredible actor.
0: Not Witness?
1: Witness. Witness! Witness! Is he, <laughs> witness! Wait, wait, wait. He's Viggo Mortensen's in and Witness? Yeah, is he one of the it. Amish guys? Yeah. He's the Amish He's the one who gets beat up.
0: He's the suitor. Uh, oh, no, okay. no, he's uh, just just one of the other random ones. He's the S- suitor, suitor of the. Uh, small I thought part. he was the suitor. You see, of the- I've no, watched Green Book, bonding. and I'm
1: like, how did he get oh, all yeah, this yeah, Oscar yeah, buzz yeah. for Green Book, which he was fine in, but I never not even saw Green Book. but not for playing Aragorn in Lord of the Rings, where he's like maybe the greatest fictional character ever on screen.
0: Witness,
1: witness me, Mad Max free Road. Chris, you're number three.
0: Number three, catch me if you can.
1: Let's hear it. Spielberg's... Try and calm yourself,
0: but continue. Spielberg's third best film, Leo's best.
1: Behind Jaws and Saving Private Ryan? Yes. Okay, continue.
0: For Leo, it's his best. Wow, Um, okay. Maybe Tom Hanks' best. Saving Private Ryan, dog. Oh, true! Those, Those did not connect with me for some reason. Continue um yeah catch me if you can leo's best performance
1: jp this is close
0: to up there with you like you got to see this movie J- yeah you love. would fucking love this movie. boy catch me if you can yes
1: catch me if you can you could watch with your mother there's like a scene or two that's sketchy it, but it's, it's like
0: she's seen it five yes. or six times like, i promise you, it, it is literally, i saw it with my mom in theaters you can watch it with on a date you can watch it with your boys you can watch it with your mom like it covers all bases and it's appropriate for all three audiences but um obsessed with the actual true story of it i love it
1: see i tried to read the book did not care for it
0: and, no but i suggest watching frank having google whatever hang out was it like, like
1: a ted talk or something yeah
0: sort of whatever at Google.
1: Is that who it's based off of? Yeah. yeah Frank, Frank Abagnale
0: is the main character that Leo plays.
1: So the basic plot of it, JP is that there's this kid who turns into a check forging con artist, but he's the a high school sophomore posing as an adult. And it's like in the 1950s. And, that's Leo. and Tom Hanks is the FBI agent who is trying to catch him uh, to track him down, but he has no idea who he is and doesn't realize that it's a literal child.
0: The only reason that I dock it is because which is not a, a legitimate dock or a legitimate criticism is be is it's like dude, I mean none of this is possible anymore. Like,
1: not like they, is they'd catch him way too in, easy in 10 seconds, but it's because of guys like him that they caught and which said, Hey, best... what's the best technique? Exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, so and I will also have, I have, see, it's ranked number three and I still have a criticism for it, which tells you how just how I watch movies. But once they, once he goes to France and is straight up lo- like lost um goes a little off the rails for me and yeah. goes into leo leo that's not that long
1: of the movie though
0: which is why i'm not faulting it that much yeah. but leo fucking pilot's outfit running from tom hanks i'm in yeah. <laughs> i'm in And we're back to back portion. Uh, we're on my number th- three movie. Um, JP,
1: I got to interrupt. I'm so glad you made a list. For I, once? Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, I have Chris to thank for this one. Number three, American Psycho. Okay, yes. let's hear about
1: it. This is a movie I've never watched in its entirety. Just bits and pieces. Really? But it's like to the point where I've seen so much of it. It's yeah. like... You already know. I yeah. Yeah
0: uh then i can spoil it for you right now oh yeah i know how it ends you were waiting to talk about this one too right you want to go first no you can review all right um i love movies just like donnie darko that are mind fuck the whole movie you're like is this mental is he actually doing this is this not real like what is happening that's basically this whole movie um I I still don't know whether it's real or not. <laughs> I, I not. have a I have a firm stance on it. It's in his mind. And the whole Yeah, it's definitely in f- his yeah, mind. The whole film not is, even
1: seen the whole movie. It's in his mind.
0: And, and it and it is totally different than the book it's based on because the director was like, No, I'm just literally buying the name and the character, and like we're just gonna make a different movie. Mm-hmm. And so it in the movie Based on the themes that the movie explores, it is clear that this is just a guy who hates his fucking job. Yeah. And wants to kill everyone. Like that's it, it it's nothing in it is real. Well, there you go. You know what's <laughs> you know what's a real AF? how good christian bale is in the
1: meme that came out <laughs> on the business card scene yes. instead of the business cards, it's different types of toilet paper during quarantine <laughs> one of the and, and the guy that made the meme was doing his best to do the actors real voices too i was dying incredible uh,
0: jared leto just being a schmuck in this movie and acting <laughs> oh you threw out in this movie skin ice terrible he's terrible in this movie too it's
1: great which if you listen to our last podcast you'll notice none of us put blade runner 2049 in our best movie since 2010 raise your hand if you would have that in your best movie since 2010 now all all three of us yeah (laughs) Yeah, speaking of jared leto maybe his best performance and maybe not even a top three performance in that movie i agree all right Let's go ahead. We've got my number two, and this is where we get to talk about it, The Dark Knight.
0: Yes. All
1: right. I mean, this this for a long time was a special movie to me. I I might have mentioned it. Is in it our, Not anymore. Oh, it still is. It still is. It's also, I think, I'm. It's long been my number one Nolan movie. I might have put Inception over it now. I think I do have Inception's Inception over so it. So good. But. but
0: it's not- We're we're, talking. No, go ahead. Rank Nolan movies right now.
1: Rank Nolan movies off the top of my head. Yes. Number one: Inception. Two: Dark Knight. Three: Interstellar. Four: Dunkirk. Five: Batman Begins. Six: Dark Knight Rises. Seven: Prestige. Eight: Memento. (laughs) What's crazy about that? That's like the exact critic ranking. It's not, but...
0: Oh, you're just so mainstream. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I put out City of God for this podcast, and (laughs) that's my one non-mainstream contribution. We like Children of God. Or, uh, yeah, Children of Men.
1: All right, so Dark Knight. I'm not even going to talk about the plot of the movie because everyone's literally seen this movie. I'll talk about its overall change it made to movies. That's what I was saying. It changed the two things. It changed the concept of what a superhero movie could be. And the love that superhero movies get now, even though it's mostly Marvel as opposed to DC, would not have happened without the seriousness people gave to Dark Knight. Joaquin Phoenix does not win Best Actor without the Dark Knight happening because people take it seriously now. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean freaking every movie is gonna have a bunch of award nominations it's like a marvel movie but it, what it does mean is that people respect them at a level that they couldn't so
0: like, the, why? the, the uh, opening why? the opening is it just the acting no no it's it's, 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 the op- it's because <laughs> it's a
1: it, the opening heist the five minute opening of dark knight e- is a rip e- off of heat and what people realized was oh you mean Batman can be at the level of Michael Mann's best movie.
0: Holy shit,
1: great
0: ass! (laughs) But I don't think Maggie Gyllenhaal does. Continuing, I would also add to that that it broke down so many barriers. We wouldn't have Joker like he was saying, uh, for it to be uh, acclaimed for how artistic or whatever it is, but for how dark it is. I'm not even. Superhero movies weren't dark anti-hero and would you say that that or breaking bad was more influential on the anti-hero becoming a thing
1: again well anti-hero has been around forever i wouldn't say becoming
0: like the number one shit in our cult in our pop i
1: wouldn't say either i'd say it's sopranos it's tony soprano I don't think it's either one of those. I
0: completely agree.
1: Because um, you're still rooting against the Joker, even though like you like want to see him on screen, you're rooting against the Joker. You're not necessarily rooting against Walter White or Tony Soprano.
0: I'm in like dark, not rooting for a bad person. Like visually dark, not visually dark. <laughs> the tone of the movie is it's a dark, gritty, realistic it movie. Is. Yeah, yeah.
1: But that's that's what it is. You're seeing a movie. Let's say Heat comes out. I keep using Heat because that's what A lot of influence. It's a
0: perfect example.
1: What if you take Heat and put it out in the year 2008? Everyone's stoked. What if you made Batman, but it was Heat? Everyone's freaking out, which is what The Dark Knight is. Now, what's interesting in a larger part, what it did was it changed the Academy Awards. So I don't know if you've pulled up the 2009 Oscars on there. So here are the nominees for 2009 Oscars. You have your winner, Slumdog Millionaire, which is a pretty good movie directed by Danny Boyle. I like that movie was probably my top 50, right?
0: Not even close. You
1: have The Reader, starring Kate Winslet.
0: Oh, yeah!
1: About, she's a Auschwitz <laughs> camp guard, but she has the heart of gold. You have Frost Nixon.
0: Good movie.
1: But... Get the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you have Milk.
0: Never seen it.
1: And you know what else you have? You have David Fincher's worst movie, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button.
0: Never seen it.
1: You know what didn't get nominated? The Dark Knight. Yeah. People rioted. People went nuts. People were very angry. So what ends up happening is the following year, you have 10 movies nominated for Best Picture instead of five because they realized, oh, far and away the best movie was Dark Knight. But because it was a superhero movie, we didn't acknowledge it. People got pissed and we realized we were wrong. Let's change how the Oscars work. Now, is the Oscars still giving a lot of the awards to little indie movies? Yes. However, do they at least respect the big-budget superhero movies that I'm fighting for every day? <laughs> yes, they do.
0: Connecting back to earlier, and I think Avatar helped getting, also laying the groundwork to have all those... I mean, we have Bond movies winning, winning cinematography awards now because Here, of that. Here's
1: my question. A year before... So Avatar gets nominated for Best Picture a year after Dark Knight does. Does it get nominated for Best Picture if there's five slots? No way. No chance. No chance in hell.
0: I mean, dude, come on. It was the front runner and it got upset by Herd Locker. Like it, everyone in America, Vegas had it like a million to one odds. Or you know what also or got nominated? Ten to one odds. District 9, right.
1: Up, District Toy 9 Story 3, great. all Best Picture nominees that do not happen without Dark Knight people revolting i agree all right um any other takes on dark knight
0: that's all i got what's your number
1: two
0: can i can i talk uh real quick about dark knight again yeah let's hear it heath ledger not as good as uh jack all right
1: get the fuck out of here what's your number two
0: (laughs) all right no country for old men
1: okay let's hear it i already talked about it some JP, you mentioned it too. Where yeah, was that was ring? my four. All right, your four? Chris, let's hear it. The
0: best Cohen Brothers movie. Um,
1: do, you, do you agree with my... Division? You're, there you're are lo- two types of t- Cohen Brothers movie. If you say this is the best, I, I don't think that's crazy. I think Big Lebowski is their best. I agree. But, but there are two, two types. There's
0: two types. Yeah. And and they you don't realize how many movies they've written that they do not take credit for. Yeah, they write under pseudonyms or made up you know made up people's names just so that they're not connected to it. But and and it's movies that are like actually very successful. Um, but No Country for Old Men, I do not agree with your Tommy Lee Jones assessment.
1: I know this is this is TLJ, more on me than TLJ anyone else.
0: Is so damn good in this movie you're not
1: gonna like my take but continue
0: it 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 rivals the fugitive and it rivals u.s marshals big time for his performance well
1: u.s marshals that is was not a makeup as good as that was a
0: makeup for his that he should have won in the fugitive
1: was, and then they gave he was great him in
0: u.s marshals
1: he didn't win an oscar for u.s marshals that's
0: what his oscar was no it's for. not
1: he did not win an Oscar for. He didn't get. U.S. Marshals did not get nominated for an Academy Award. Dog, <laughs> as much as I've seen that movie on you TBS ready for reruns, this shit. Yes, I am because I'm willing to bet my home. Let's wait, people. Let's wait.
0: Oh wait, and he didn't win for the Fugitive, not U.S. Marshals. Yeah, no shit. I don't know why <laughs> I thought it was the opposite.
1: Because you're out of your
0: mind. <laughs> I thought Harvey R. He's fucking... Harvey R. How do you say it? Javier, Javier Bardem. Bardem Javier Bardem yeah is he the Probably. best Bond villain yes yes
1: and it's here's it here's what's crazy the best Bond villain performance ever is not that that actor's best performance in that five-year period how
0: nuts is that's that
1: crazy isn't it
0: is that his best performance
1: of no country, country? Far, by yeah.
0: far? he'll never top I yet. think the quarter scene uh remember yeah. that I yeah think that's one of the most uh I think that care the way he plays that character it's not too subdued like so robotic that it's obvious but it's like it's just the fine line between almost a robot and just being a psychopath. You know like, what my favorite scene actually is? It's not the quarter scene. My favorite scene is the car wreck at the end. Really. When he just he looks at the kid and he's just like just walks away yeah. and like kind of stumbles off. <laughs>
1: I it's there are
0: two takes i about Such to have.
1: one. You're not going to like, and then one you will. So I'll do the bad one first. I don't get the ending. The Tommy Lee Jones saying the thing about the dream he had. I don't get it. We don't have time to go into You're it. an
0: educated man,
1: Gabe. <laughs> I don't understand to the point where I've Googled. What was the ending of no country? <laughs> of no. <laughs> Here's my second ending. All right. 07 the best year for movies in a long time i think me and you agree i don't know if jp does but so 07 oscars i'm gonna propose something to you it makes more sense if you change the titles no country for old men you call it there will be blood there will be blood you call it no country for old men so it's cool as hell that way, do isn't you, it?
0: Do you think there will be blood deserved to win over no country for old men
1: over no country for old men? No. In any other year, probably. But it was like, Hey, what's the one movie that even if you're someone who's like very like, Oh, we have to have the
0: award oh, the best filmmaker. Oh, I listen to NPR every day. Oh my God. <laughs> even you if you sound like an NPR host whispering like call. that,
1: <laughs> Even if that's what your goal is, no country for old men is on the level of there will be blood. I agree. All right. Um, JP, what's your number two? One, one more. Real quick.
0: One more comment. Uh, okay. Well, now I forget it.
1: Okay. JP, what's your number two?
0: My number two is Mystic River.
1: All right. Let's talk about Mystic River. I already mentioned it. You guys saw it for the first time, time a week ago. I'll give you guys three to four minutes to discuss this. JP, handle
0: it for a second.
1: Mystic River. Mystic you guys River. saw it for the first time last week.
0: Mystic River, right up me and Chris's alley. Where's your mic, dog? Oh, Mystic River, uh, right up me and Chris's alley. Um, has to do with uh, how abuse, uh, sexual abuse, uh, affects these three characters later in life. You need to and exp- it's what
1: you're like right up our alley, sexual abuse. Well, it's about,
0: well, kind of it's kind up. of about, uh, yeah, that did sound wrong, but it's about pedophiles. Basically. Oh, I'm that's just how- that's so <laughs> wrong. That is a passion of ours. <laughs> it's a murder mystery. And there's also pedophiles Murdering, getting their man. heads bashed in. But anyways, okay. I love the analogy. A pedophile is brutally murdered in this movie
1: and it's right up your alley. That's what should have been stated.
0: Yeah. that didn't come out right um (laughs) tim robbins kevin bacon sean penn sean penn and tim robbins won the oscars right yeah uh tim robbins by far the best actor in the movie his character's great uh feel really bad for the dude i love the analogy his character talks about the whole movie with the wolves and how he's afraid he's becoming one but eventually he doesn't but um yeah i think i think clint eastwood's best directed movie Chris,
1: I agree with that. It is his best directed movie. I have not seen letters from Iwo Jima or flags of our fathers. And I am saying million dollar baby did not sniff making my list.
0: Uh, I agree with million dollar baby. I, I think, uh, unforgiveness better, but a better directed film. But I do think that Clint Eastwood's direction, you criticized it earlier. I think his simplicity is one of the benefits of this movie. Okay, that's very fair. If someone that is more nuanced makes this movie, then I think a lot of the messages are lost on a general audience. I legitimately think that... So
1: you like that he is leaving that many hints? See, I didn't like necessarily he gives all the hints...
0: I would like to know exactly what you're referring to in terms of the characters actually speaking things out loud because I didn't You'd, notice it. I noticed it three or four times. Maybe with Tim Robbins, but I didn't notice... Actually, with Sean Penn, too, now that you say that. I, I do notice that. I want but Kevin
1: Bacon does it multiple times. That's who I was well, mostly he's a thinking cop. of.
0: Cop, they literally are exposition in most movies. But especially in a murder mystery, the detective is going to play the exposition piece in, in almost every murder mystery. Movie. Yeah. But the subtlety in his direction, because he's not a like, Oh, he's not a James Cameron director. Like it makes the movie so much better. Me and JP mm. were talking about it. The camera moves like two times in the movie and it makes it so much. This is about, this motherfucker in this scene, yeah. like all you have to focus on is Tim Robbins in this scene. How much of you, that
1: is you have a great story, Dennis
0: Lehane wrote? I think it's both, but I think it's Clint Eastwood going, "Oh, I just have to cast this correctly and mm-hmm. literally film it." It's like Tom Hanks and Castaway. Like I just have to film it. You know and what we have? Incredible. You know
1: what we have now that's very interesting is and from 2000 to 2010 if it's a movie that Dennis Lehane wrote or he wrote the book that the movie's based on i'm in now it's Taylor Sheridan Taylor wrote Sheridan it. man it's it's not the same vibe but totally oh totally
0: different genres but it's i'm in i'm i'm literally buying the first ticket to
1: alright jp was that your number 2 or is that your
0: number that was 1 that's my number 2
1: that so was your number 2 so it was both of your number 2s Oh no! I'm sorry. That was Christian number six. So my number one is that what we're on? My number one.
0: Yep. And I
1: think you guys have the same number one, so this will work out well. My number one is Fellowship of the Ring. And
0: <laughs> no, I don't.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think you guys have the same number one. Oh, oh, oh. I know what yours okay, is. Okay, okay, okay. All right. So, um, I, this was and this was difficult for me splitting up the Lord of the Rings movies. I did not know which one was my favorite. And I realized this one is, and it depicts the world so perfectly, literally like the most important book written in the last hundred years. It, I mean, how often do you, uh, There, there's movies that are as good as books like Jaws, right? Forrest Gump better is better than the book. The book. Yeah. Jaws is better than the book. But that doesn't happen often, and it definitely doesn't happen with literally the most important book of the the genre, okay? It doesn't happen – well, it happens with Stephen King a lot. But it doesn't happen with the most important book ever written in the genre, and the Lord of the Rings movies equal it. They could not make a better version of that. It does not exist. And Fellowship of the Ring has, number one, it respects the story so much. Number two, the acting, phenomenal. The fact that they only had one nomination, it was for Ian McCullen. He should have won. But there should have been nominations. It was always like, oh, well, it's Lord of the Rings, they don't deserve acting. No, they did. They could have had they could have swept the awards for each each one. In addition, this is even though I said two towers is the best battle, this might be the best action. Of any movie I've seen the last like 20 years and it's so well shot and it's a little quick cutty, but it's so well done. You see the entire thing and I love that combination of cinematography, action, acting, writing with just an all time classic story. It's the definition of up my alley and I've been scouring the internet to watch it the past week or two, and I haven't been able to find it, but I'm not willing to pay for it.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. I I know what you guys, here, here's the thing real quick. Is this Martin I Scorsese's only one. Oscar win? Yes. All right. Yes. Chris, what's yeah, what is it? What is it? The Departed. What the is The
0: Departed. It? Yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. Let's talk about it. You're number one. Number one for both me and Chris, the departed. Yep. You know, phrasing it like that is kind of bullshit because you take out the context of those Oscars. And it's a
1: lifetime achievement award. It's a
0: lifetime achievement award. It did deserve Best Picture. It did not deserve Best Director.
1: It deserved Best Picture that year, probably. It probably
0: yeah. did deserve Best Director too, but he should have won for Raging Bull and Goodfellas also. But
1: Goodfellas he, is a travis unless that was that wasn't science that was dances with wolves wasn't it
0: raging bull is the best directed film of all time uh better than coppola in godfather 2 or 1 i'm gonna give you a wild take but i want you
1: to talk about departed because we're running out of time
0: the departed is the best mob movie of the 21st century And I'd when agree. you and when you put that in combination with it's my favorite genre of movie and the star studded cast. Yeah, not to mention three of my favorite actors are in it. Leo, Alec Baldwin and Mark Wahlberg and Martin Sheen. Number four. You're not saying Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. I'm or Matt waiting Damon. on it or Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon's not. One yeah, of I knew he wasn't going to say
1: Matt Damon. <laughs> Hey, and you're I missing Matt- one of my favorite actors, Anthony Anderson.
0: <laughs> yeah, Matt Damon, honestly, almost ruined this movie. But just because I don't think his acting is good at it.
1: Well, that's because he's tr- he's acting in the movie. Yes. He's acting. Annoying. He's a gay guy trying to play a straight guy. I want to kill him. It's so throughout funny. Throughout
0: the movie. It's so annoying. It's working overtime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw yeah. a thing today that Nicholson's role was for Pacino. Yeah, so... Which would have
1: been much better. Yeah. Because Nicholson's not good in this movie.
0: So, that's what I wanted to... <laughs> You're not taking that's, the bait, That's what I wanted to end the podcast with. Was okay. a discussion on whether Nicholson is good or bad in this I,
1: movie. I really do not. I think... And, and, and that's, the, that's the problem. So, this is based on the, I think, Chinese movie, Infernal Affairs. Yes, or Internal but he's Affairs. playing
0: Whitey Bulger.
1: And my problem with it is Nicholson. I think he is... I don't understand why other people are following him. I think he's such a loose cannon in the movie. I don't think he would have ever been able to be organized enough to be this powerful. I don't like the way the character is depicted at all. And I think it is Nicholson's depiction of I him. don't
0: think it's Nicholson's fault. Because I think the movie is cut to where you don't realize... You have not good enough backstory on Frank Costello to know... How he built his empire. You just have literally one flashback scene, and it's and he's when he's still somewhat older, dude. He's like eighty in this movie. He's supposed to be like eighty in this movie, so he is losing his mind. During he's becoming senile in this movie, and which is why Leonardo DiCaprio is so like, hey, like you're someone's just gonna pop you. The
1: DiCaprio is the best part of this movie. He's He's great. great.
0: It's his best performance.
1: You already said that about Aviator.
0: No, I said that was a top three performance.
1: Oh, you said that about Catch Me If You Can.
0: What else? These are the three. (laughs) What else do you have to say? Scorsese. You got Leo pretending to be a mobster when he's a cop. You got two switcheroos with two great actors. Like what else do you need? And an incredible ending
1: great yes great great ending ending. okay great last 10 minutes so
0: that i think detracts because we were talking about rewatchability earlier the rewatchable factor of this movie is asterisked because of the twist end. not not really a twist ending but just a a shocker a, a shocking ending and once you've seen it you go, you're, you know, it's going to happen. So you watch the movie differently and it's good and bad because it informs some of the scenes you see with those characters in it earlier in the film. But then at the end, you're like, oh, you know, the, the last 30 minutes are, it's 45, 30 minutes of denouement. And then like, like it's supposed to pop you in the face at the end. Yeah. And, and it doesn't when you rewatch it. mmm So, it's more of just like, okay, like the movie's over at this point. But, still, it's lit. I'm not joking. It's my favorite movie of the 21st century. Same here. And it is possibly a top... Might be a top three favorite movie of all time. Top five movie of all time. I showed this movie
1: to JP when he was seven years old. And my friend said, how can you show that to your seven-year-old cousin? And JP goes, I've already seen it. And he had.
0: I'm shocked that this wasn't in your top 25.
1: I like it. I think it's a good movie.
0: So a Best Picture winner with Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Sheen, Mark Wahlberg, Matt Damon, but Jack Nicholson. But see,
1: you didn't have Lord of the Rings, which won like the most Oscars of all time. So you can't talk shit. Which
0: I'll acknowledge is fun. And, like, and I just good. said, this is
1: a good movie. It's good and I like it. And that's it. All right. We're out, people. If you made it the three hours in, you are probably dying of coronavirus, And I am sorry for that, but I want back you to porch in. Back portion. We will return about a year from now with our top ten Netflix originals, which will hopefully only be an hour long. <laughs>